I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Yes, it's the great speedster. He's here, as always. 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Did you like my, uh, you know... Three Stooges sound right there. That was good, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. I, good. I'm I'm starting to fill in, you know, fill in with the muscles, right, Speedy? What do you think? You think I'm filling in? Mm-hmm. You think I'm filling in? I I know you like muscles, you know, especially on, you know, men, right? right they're they're valuable. To you, have. you like looking at men with muscles? I didn't say looking at. What What do you like looking at? I didn't say looking at. I what? said it's good to have. But what those do you like to see? Muscles. That's what I'm asking. Do you like to see muscles on men, or do you like them like thin? Um, Brian, I know you're trying to call. We have a guest coming up in about three minutes, so call back uh, about 10 p.m. or something like that. Yeah, well, well wait a second. Well, who's the guest? Who's Matt, the... Matt Musico yeah, is coming on right. in, a, in a couple minutes. Yes. Our first third to- three-time guest. On Alex, show. what's going on, buddy? Uh, Alex getting a new job in Tampa. As uh, oh, oh, Did you hear? Did you hear he got a new job? No, I did not. He's going to be working for Channel 8. All right. So Very good, Alex. We're doing the overnight for Alex Lowe's. So he'll still be doing the show on our network, uh, as everybody knows. He does off the mat. And he will be working at our uh, TV station. So good for him. I I, I love the kid, and I, I want to see the kid grow and, and, and get where he wants in the business. So good for him. Uh, so we have a great show lined up for you guys. In just a few moments, we'll be talking to creator of MLB Daily Dingers. And mesmerized writer, Matt Musico. He'll be joining us if you guys don't remember him. Our and, first three-time guest. And at 9.30, we'll be talking to co-founder of All-22 Premier Fantasy Football, Ray Cotto. He'll be joining us. We're going to be looking forward to him as well. So uh, great show lined up for you. We will get into, yes, we're going to get to the New York Jets stories. Yes, the Jets are in another story. But it, are they going to win this story? That's going to be the question. Uh, the Jets are have reached out to three teams for three players and their wide receivers. Uh, as everybody knows, Seattle, DK Metcalf, Tennessee, A.J. Brown, and the last but not least, the San Francisco 49ers, Depot Samuel. So, uh uh, a lot of conversation. The Jets are looking to make a move for a top-end wide receiver. they got money to spend. San Francisco doesn't look like they have any money to spend for a, a top-end wide receiver. So they're going to have to decide what they're doing with them either in the offseason or with the Jets having all the picks that they have this year. Maybe you can get a first and a second for Debo Samuel. I, I, I doubt the Jets are going to give a first and a second for Debo. I could see a first and a third. Uh, I, is Debo worth a first and a second? 
Mm, it's, a, it's an interesting dilemma because he is young and he do- obviously fits that scheme. So that is an interesting dilemma that they have. It, it, he's the best player of the three. Not by much. Brown is a very good receiver, too. I think A.J. Brown's a little better. Uh, but for the versatility of that scheme, because remember, he could also be a running back, too. I think Debo's the best value for the Jets in terms of a player. But mm. again, Brown probably might be less costly because of the season Debo had Plus, last he's, year. Plus, uh, he's very close with Elijah Moore. So that's why I think it makes a lot of sense why A.J. Brown would make the best fit for the Jets. Because him and Elijah Moore are like brothers. And uh, when Elijah Moore got drafted... Early in the second round, uh, about a year and a half ago, A.J. Brown was the first person to say that if you think I'm a good player, wait until you see this kid play. And and we saw bits and glimmers, glimmers, what's the word? Glimpses. Glimmers. Not, not glimmers, glimpses. Glimpses, okay. Glimpses of greatness with Elijah Moore. But anyway, so we have our first guest. You guys know him, and we've we've interviewed him twice, and uh, now we we have him on again. We are now talking to creator of MLB Daily Dingers and Mesmerize writer Matt Musico. What's going on, Matt? Nothing much, guys. What's going on? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, we love you. And and now that baseball's back, 162 games. Thank God. I'm sure. Who would have thought? Well, I, again, you know we. We, we've seen enough with Rob Manfred. We would just want to throw ourselves off a bridge. But uh, I, I believe he will be looking towards two more years, and then he will be on his way out because Theo Epstein will probably be taking over for him. I cannot see him lasting after 2024. I, I think the whole reason why he didn't take that Mets job when he had the opportunity was the fact that he wants to take over for uh, – Baseball, and I think he would be the perfect fit for baseball. But before we, that everyone likes, that sounds really fun. Yeah, there you go. Theo, well, I, okay. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm not a big fan of Theo Epstein, but oh, you can appreciate him at least. Yes, I do appreciate him. That guy's a smart man. He knows what he's doing, uh, and he probably knows a lot more than Rob Manfred does. I mean, right. Rob Manfred knows just as much as a mouse knows to a piece of cheese. So there you go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so why don't we get into some Mets conversation and. Max Scherzer has pitched pretty damn well for his first two appearances in spring training. What were your thoughts today, pitching the way he has, and and really where this Mets team is right now going on, I think, uh, I guess you could say the second week or third week of spring training? Mm, Yeah, I mean, they look pretty good. I mean, obviously with Max, he's had two appearances. He's pitched five innings and six innings, which – Seems like the most Max Scherzer thing that can possibly happen in spring training. Mm. Um, but he looks incredibly sharp, ready to roll. It seems like most most of them look pretty sharp, at least for, for the time being. As we're talking right now, the Mets are up 9 nothing on the Marlins, and so it's nice to see the offense get, get, getting going a little bit. Um, but it's hard to not get excited, but also it's at that same time. This is the point in the year where I get excited, but I'm also ready to get hurt again mm. by the Mets because it's just – the circle of life as a Mets fan, but <laughs> I like him. Um, but uh, I mean, but they seem they seem primed and ready to roll, and it's the NL East is going to be a freaking dogfight. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that unfold between the Mets and the Braves and the Phillies. Although who knows if the Phillies are ever going to catch a baseball with the way that their lineup <laughs> is uh, is constructed? But it's going to be a good challenge. And Max said it, uh, I think, after his first start that he wants the NL East to be the way that it is because you know, obviously, as an athlete. You want to face the best, and you want to be battle-tested the most by the time you get to August and September and October, so you're ready to withstand that. So they look great so far. Obviously, it's only spring training. Take some things with a grain of salt, but uh, 
everything's looking good. Most people are staying healthy, knock on wood, for right now. So, I mean, we'll see We'll see what happens from here. That's not going to last, as you know. No, yeah, we know that. So, from the last time we had you on, you you actually have now created the MLB Daily Dinger. So, give the fans a, a breakdown of what that is. Yeah, so uh, almost a couple of years ago now, I just started a Twitter account, at MLB Daily Dingers, just because I thought mm, people – love baseball. I love baseball. I love home runs. I wonder if people would like just watching random home runs uh, throughout throughout the day. And um, uh, it's built up to almost about 2,000 followers now. Good for uh, you, People man. have enjoyed it. Uh, the goal was to always turn it into a blog. I had no idea what it looked like when I started the Twitter account, but uh, the blog itself launched probably about a month and a half ago now. And uh, what I noticed when I was looking around is that obviously we have things like Baseball Reference, Baseball Almanac, and places like that that have all these databases of uh, lists for all different kinds of things. Most home runs all time, most home runs in a season, all those different kinds of situations. But from what I could see from my seat was that what was missing was taking all those stats and all those databases and turning into like some context and adding some videos to it as well. So the goal with MLB Daily Dingers is to have it eventually be a written and video library of home run history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so giving you some context, giving you some videos to watch. This way you don't have to go three or four different places to get what you're looking for. So it's been fun so far. And right now I'm just continuing to try and build up content to uh, have as much on there before baseball season starts. We are talking to creator of MLB Daily Dingers and Mets Mirage writer Matt Musico. Uh, Matt, we've watched the Mets year in and year out for the last, I would say, two years and the rebirth of this team. Ever since the Wilpons are gone, the Mm. Steve, Uncle Steve Cohen's uh, new Mets organization, uh, they're they're bringing in new management, uh, you know, new, just new everything. He's trying to figure out where this team is going to be in the future and what this team is going to be moving forward with analytics and everything like that. Now with all the new rule changes and now there's no more shifting. I I think not this year, but next year when the shifting is completely obsolete, I think the game is going to completely change with, with the Mets right now. And and you look at Lindor this year, you look at some of the players that they had, the Martes of the world, uh, even uh, guys that are looking for new contracts. uh, As we all know, where do you see this team as the season begins? Are they, are they going to be a team that's going to start slow or are they going to really pick up fast and figure out who their identity is early in the season? Within recent history, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag when it comes to the start. And I've written about this a few times on Metsmerize, is that obviously you can't win any championships uh, in April, but it can certainly help propel you in that direction. Uh, thinking about the 2015 and 2016 team in particular, they had great Aprils. Mm-hmm. And for 2015, they struggled after April, and they were around 500 around by the trade deadline. But they hung around just enough to get that little, you know, extra kick in the pants that they needed once they got Cespedes and everyone else to go on that run. Same thing in 2016. They had a great April, and then they were dead in the water in August. But then everyone came back, and then they got what they needed to get on onto that stretch. It doesn't always work that way. I think it was whenever it was Mickey Cowboy's first first year uh, as manager, they had that incredible April and then the bottom fell out in typical Mets fashion as it does. Um, so, I mean, it's not as if it's, it's necessary to have a quick start. I think for a team with new ownership and, you know, pretty much revamped uh, front office and roster and coaching staff, I think it's helpful to have some kind of 
quick start from a confidence building standpoint. They got to, you know, they're not going to find out exactly who they are in April and May, but they can find out who they're not at the same time too. Uh, and I think with someone like Buck Showalter steering the ship, <clears throat> I think he has that. He brings that kind of energy that they need to kind of just be. They need to be more, a little bit more businesslike. And it seems as if that's been kind of the mood at spring training so far, at least this abbreviated version of spring training that they've had. I don't think it's totally necessary, but I think for this team in particular, especially being in a big market, especially being in a division that could be uh, a heavyweight fight from start to finish, they have to take care of business in certain situations, starting well, playing well against within their division, beating up on losing teams, at least staying afloat, treading water against winning teams. They need to be able to do those certain things to put themselves in the position to hopefully be a contender for the playoffs come August and September. So one of our fans, before I get to my question, uh, Carl was saying, tell him to put on Glenn Allen's monster home run that landed but, on the roof. By the way, Wrigley. by the way, I wanted to do this before, before anything, I want to say happy birthday to Carl Falk. Okay. Oh, happy birthday, Carl. It is his birthday today. It's all over social media. I love you, man. Happy birthday. Many, many more to come. Thank you uh, for being such a great fan. So, there you go. Happy birthday, Carl. So uh, my, Happy my, birthday, Carl. my question to you is about the, the tax level rule. One of the things in the CBA was the competitive balance tax, which they were doing. A, a lot of people think they were doing in reference to Steve Cohen and the amount of money right. he was spending the fourth tax level, adding at $60 million. Do you think that'll change the approach for Steve Cohen? And how would you approach it if you were the Mets front office in terms of managing the money with this rule in place? Well, I mean, I think it'll probably be maybe, maybe be an extra conversation. For them to have, I mean, uh, when everyone first finally got to Port St. Lucie, all the reporters were essentially asking him, and he said something that was typically funny. As he's pretty funny, I think it was like it's it's having the tax and essentially named after him was more of an honor than having a bridge named after him. Something like that, he said. Um, I don't think he. This is a dude that spent 140 million dollars on a piece of art, so I don't think he's going <laughs> to necessarily blink twice if he really feels like. Uh, or if he really feels like a certain move is going to help put them over the top, because first and foremost, he's a fan. So I think he kind of brings that kind of mindset to this and also allows his front office to just continue to bring him opportunities. Working in the front office, you always trying to find ways to get better and to improve the squad. And more or less, you just have to bring it to get approved. And the worst thing that Cohen can say is, no, we can't do that right now. But for someone who's worth 15 billion. Fifteen. I mean, there's not going to be many things that are off the table, especially if they present it in a way that it could really make a difference for the club. So, I mean, it's it's a pleasure to actually have this problem. I know Brandon Nimmo said it was a little frustrating that they finally have an owner who's willing to spend and now they have this extra tax on top. But I don't think it's going to be a big deal for Cullen just because he wants to win first and foremost. And I think he's shown that over this past offseason with how much money he's spent already. And, you know, nothing is really going to be off the table from a financial perspective, at least moving forward. As everybody knows, we are talking to creator of MLB Daily Dingers and Metsmerize writer Matt Musico. And I, I will say this, buying championships never work. We've, know, we've seen this with the Yankees. It never worked. It worked in 2009. I was going to okay. say, it worked in 2009. Yeah, it, it worked in 2009, <laughs> and it has not worked since then. I mean, they yeah, brought Jason yeah. Giambi. How many years did they have Johnny Damon? It didn't work. And, yeah. and when the Yankees were at the top of their game, uh, they built around a roster of young players like Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Andy Pettit, Bernie Williams. They had uh, you know a, a, a full-fledged farm system where they brought in players to you know fill in the spots of veteran players. 
But let's let's get into more of the National League East. Now, we talk about the Braves obviously losing one of the best players, one of the best hitters in all of baseball. He goes to the Dodgers in Freeman. They bring in another player who I think coming from the American League, now that there is a D- – is the DH fill-in this year? Is that this yes. year? It is this mm-hmm. year, but the, the shifting isn't this year, which is very no. weird. I, I, I don't understand that. But what are your thoughts with now the DH filling in now in the National League? Does this benefit the Mets? Does it benefit the National League East now with some of the players that they have, that they're the additions in the Amer- the National League East? Where do you see this working out for the National League East? Well, it definitely benefits at least a handful of teams in the National League East. I made the joke about the Phillies not being able to catch the ball. It's certainly – the joke was, you know, universal DH didn't mean that the entire team could be DHs, but, you know, they at least have one spot for the DH in Philly. Uh, so it certainly helps the way that they've built their club. It certainly helps them. And for the Mets, too, if they have – certain guys that perform to their potential, or at least like their recent breakouts, like Dom Smith or J.D. Davis, uh, it could certainly help them. <clears throat> and also it keeps Jacob DeGrom out of the batter's box so he doesn't get hurt trying to hit, which is also helpful. Um, so I think it could definitely, it, it's definitely a positive for the Mets. And it's probably going to be the only way Robinson Cano is going to see any kind of regular bats as well too, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but, you know, having J.D. Davis as the righty, Dom Smith as the lefty, Robinson Cano as the lefty as well, being able to do some mixing and matching, maybe putting Dom Smith at first base a little bit more often than they have in the past. And it's nice to have someone like Buck Showalter who has had experience with the DH's entire managerial career, right. knowing how to kind of use that and mix and match and make that kind of stuff work. So I think it could help the Mets. It'll definitely help the Phillies. Um, I mean, I don't see how it's going to be. And it'll definitely help the Nats because I think they have Nelson Cruz now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's also a plus for them. Um, so, I mean, I think I think across the board it's going to be helpful for uh, many of these clubs just because, I mean, we all know how, how bad the uh, pitcher hitting statistics are, even though it is fun to watch them hit. Uh, at least it was fun for me to watch them hit. Um, <laughs> but it'll be – it's going to bring about more offense, hopefully. You know, it'd be a little bit more exciting one through nine. You don't have that mostly given out uh, at the end of the at the end of the lineup. So I think it'll be helpful for most teams on offense, and it'll make it a little bit more tricky for uh, pitching staffs too, just because they haven't had to deal with that consistently. But uh, Carl also says uh, Schwarber could DH for the Phillies. Yeah, have fun with Reese Hoskins playing defense. Uh, I'm actually going to ask his question. Uh, Carl had a good question. Fox Sports is writing that the Dodgers may have the best lineup ever. This year, Betts, Freeman, Turner, Muncy, Will Smith, Justin Turner, former Met, Taylor, Bellinger, and Pollock to round it out. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's it's probably not going to be far off. I mean, you've seen all those permutations from different outlets putting together their lineup. It's freaking scary. I mean, Bellinger doesn't look that great right now uh, at the outset of spring training. Sorry, here, it's but... not better than Murder's Row, okay? It's well, great. no. I mean, it's maybe not the best of all time. Yes. But, I mean, it's going to be one of the best ones we've of seen course. in a long time, of for course. sure. I mean, the Yankees have a good lineup, too. I mean, it's not too shaky. I'm not saying this because I'm a Yankee fan, but uh, you have you have a bunch of power in that middle of the lineup. And you had Donaldson. Donaldson's never played in a lineup that good. And they're going to be able to protect him. I don't know what you're giggling over there, Speedy. I'm I, I mean, I, I, I would say, yeah, the Dodgers are good, but also the Red Sox. They're going to have a pretty good lineup this year, too. Yeah. I mean, there are there are a bunch of lineups right now in the American League and National League that stick out. It's not just the Dodgers. And we all seen this before. We've seen great lineups just fall apart. It just doesn't work. So yeah. that doesn't mean it's going to work. You're right. And especially, I, I'm glad you pointed out the Red Sox, too, because just the – 
thinking about what their infield looks like is just yeah. ridiculous to think about. So, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of really good lineups out there, and it should be interesting to see how they perform. Because, I mean, as we saw with the Mets last year, we thought their offense was going to be great. It kind of sucked. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it, it matters. It doesn't necessarily matter what it looks like on paper. It matters what they actually do on the field. Absolutely. Uh, but from, you know, thinking about how great the Dodgers were last year, they won, what, 112 games or something like that? And they add Freddie Freeman? It's like, okay. So, like, uh, you know, you add someone like that in the middle to the lineup. Uh, it's, just, it's just crazy to think about. And thinking about how good they already were in comparison to the rest of the NL West, I mean, obviously, the Giants were really great last year, but they kind of surprised, and they lost Buster Posey, and, and they just lost let Emma Longoria for a little bit, too. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how much of a, how much of a lead they pad uh, until, pe- until people start to try and knock them down a little bit. I feel like it's, that's going to be a runaway division out there. Yeah, and, and another thing, San Francisco, who everybody – Everybody was talking about Kapler when he was running. I, I think it was the Nationals, the Phillies. The Phillies. I, I'm I sorry. thought he was the worst manager in baseball. Worst manager in baseball goes to San Francisco and and with He's the team, and he was brilliant. So figure that one out. Mm-hmm. So he gets another job, and he's just absolutely fantastic last year as a manager in the major leagues. So uh, let's let's stop attacking people, aka Aaron Boone, who everybody wants to throw him off a bridge. The Phillies I mean, just might be just unmanageable. I mean, Joe Girardi goes there and still can't fix the bullpen either. The Phillies just might. <laughs> have the most unmanageable team <laughs> it's just ridiculous but I mean when you and it's not even the Mets when you look at just the whole league and and now with the the brushing off of new rules and and then you look at the pitching and the dominance of pitching over the last couple of years and now the Mets add a uh, Max Scherzer to that pitching staff and then make a trade with the athletics and add another pitcher if he stayed healthy last year and did get hit with a baseball in the head, who knows where he would be. Maybe he wins the American League Cy Young and then you have three Cy Young winners on one team. Where do you see this pitching staff amongst the league's best? Uh, I would say definitely top five. I actually saw something MLB.com came out with their uh, rotation rankings and the Mets were number one, which I was kind of surprised about just because yes, their top three is fantastic and you can't do any better than DeGrom and Scherzer and then adding Bassett to the mix. But I mean, Carrasco in his very limited outing so far this spring, still giving up a lot of home runs in the first inning to like minor leaguers. So that's a little, a little concerning, but not too much yet. Then Taiwan Walker is not going to necessarily be um, – he may not be fully ready for opening day. Uh, is he working? I can't remember what kind of surgery he had over the offseason. I think it was something with his knee or something like that. But, um, you know, I think there's still a couple of questions in the back right. a little bit. But it's harder to do much better than the front three that they have. I think one difference that they have this year compared to last year is that they fill out the rotation enough where guys like Tyler McGill – and David Peterson are the legit depth pieces outside of other guys who are, I can't remember the guy who was terrible that kept on coming back up and down. Um, he was a former Philly, whatever, whatever, whatever his name is, he was terrible. Uh, and right. didn't probably wasn't, didn't belong in the major leagues at that point. He but played like, like speedy. Actually, he played like speedy. Yeah. He's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but they have actual like young talented guys who could fill in at any moment in time. Uh, in the rotation. So, I mean, David Peterson's a little bit more of a question mark because of, you know, the year that he had last year, and then he it got cut short because of injury. But, you know, it's nice to see that they can go six, seven deep, potentially, and then have to go, if they need to, which they did last year, go into the reserves beyond that as well, too. Because, uh, I mean, 
having five or six guys do all the pitching in the rotation in a single year is not is not feasible at any point in time. You're going to likely have to go probably nine or ten deep at certain points of the year. So they're going to need to have that kind of depth to be able to uh, run the marathon of a 162-game season. So the new CBA rules that came out, is there any one that you particularly liked? And is there something that you would have wanted to see in this new bargaining agreement? Come on, Matt. Come on. <laughs> say it. No more shifting. I am shifting. asking him, not no you. No more shifting. Say it. I'm asking him, not you. Um, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of these rules feel a little gimmicky to me. I mean, I don't necessarily see the big deal with shifting. It's like everyone... It, they're going to take away shifting. They're going to find something else to do. Uh, I, I feel like, especially with the with all the analytics that are out there and whatnot, there wasn't necessarily one thing that you know I absolutely felt like they had to add uh, or or didn't add. But I mean, they're just trying to grow the game. I really wish the Ghost Runner still wasn't around. But I mean, that's you know neither here nor there. They they said in 2020 it's just for this year, and then 2021 oh just one more year, and then now this year oh we're going to do it again. But this is really the last year, so um, it's just nice to not have seven inning double headers anymore. I'd like to I'd like it going back to to nine innings. But I mean, I wish I had a hot take about this, but I I really don't. Uh, I'm just glad that they finally came to a freaking decision because it was getting depressing watching them do the same thing over and over again. As everybody knows, we are talking to creator of MLB Daily Dingers and Mets Marize writer Matt Musico. First of all, shifting is absolutely going to help the, the league because it's going to open up the offensive gates. Uh, guys like Joey Gallo, even on the Yankees, just looking at the Yankees, Joey Gallo, Rizzo, Stanton, this is going to benefit these players because they're yeah. pull-ball hitters, and, and that's what they do. They like pulling the ball. So it will open up you know, the tailgates. Their, their batting average is going to go up. I mean, if you don't think Rizzo right now, they're going into this year. Last year, I think he was batting 262, 263. If there was no shifting, and because they're this year, the shifting is is still available. But if if shifting wasn't going into this year, I bet you he's the 274, 280 hitter. That and it changes it it changes everything. It changes how you are now. Analytics are changing everything, and they'll find another way to analytically change something where it's going to affect the game, but not as much as shifting as it's affected the game offensively. I, I think juicing the ball, corking the bats, finding a way to uh, you know where the umpires having the umpires actually you can challenge the umpires. I think it's all stupid. Just stop the shifting, open up the tailgate, and let the game fall for what it is. You want to see offense? It's going to bring more offense. That's what I believe. I wonder, I mean, if once shifting goes away, because for every cause there's an effect, Mm -hmm. I wonder it's going to change how pitchers pitch. Because, you know, pitchers Mm -hmm. with the shift, they're going to pitch a certain way. Without the shift, they pitch a different way. So, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's going to certainly open up things a little bit more. I wonder... How if if it's going to just be a little bit of an adjustment to then being back to I don't know a different way to the way things were, or if it's going to be something more long term? I mean that's the thing we're going to find out eventually, but it'll be interesting to watch for sure. By the way, the Phillies pitcher that that's not forgettable it was that we were, that you were thinking of was Jared Eichoff. <laughs> that's how, that's, that's, what a, it is. that's yes. how terrible he was. I was thinking Zach Eflin in my head, and I'm like, no, he's still on the Phillies. Uh, so one more <laughs> question for me: uh, just one one bold prediction for the Mets, and one bold prediction for the MLB season coming up. Um, let's see. One bull prediction for the Mets. Uh, let's say 
Francisco Lindor MVP season. How about hmm. that? Interesting. Uh, for the for the overall season, hmm. I'm gonna say. Uh, goodness, God, you guys put me on the spot here. <laughs> he did. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. It's all his fault. Right. Everything's his fault. Let's blame him for everything. <laughs> uh, I'll say. I don't know. We'll go real bold. Juan Soto, triple crown. How about that? Ooh, all right. Interesting. Full year with the Nationals or he gets traded? Oh, well, I mean, I've, I'd like him to come to New York. But uh, no, I think, he'll be, I'll think he'll be in Washington for another year. His brother's there. His brother is going to be in the minor league system. He's got to stick around for a little bit at least. You know? I, I don't see him going to the Mets. If he goes anywhere, it's the Yankees. I, I don't think it's going to be the Mets. I, 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 think, I, I think there's too much money that – Steve Cohen has spent, you know, over the last two years I, to bring in another four hundred million dollars. I think that's going to be that's just too much, and I, I don't think it. Now he could. Uh, I'm not going to say that it can't happen. I, I could see the Cubs making a move like that uh, mm. to bring in a big time superstar, the Chicago White Sox, because they have so mm. they have a good farm system. Uh, he would fit very well over there. So, yeah. but I, I, he wants to go to a big market. I mean, Chicago, New York. Uh, uh, L.A., I mean, obviously he's not going to the Dodgers because they've just, you know, I, I don't know what their salary cap's going to be. I, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They're going to have to change this tax again. It's absolutely uh, increase ridiculous. Increase it to 80% because of the Dodgers. And, and you want to know something? Now that the Yankees aren't doing that, now everybody, all the Yankee fans want to jump off a plank. Listen, Yankee fans, I'm going to say it again, and now that Matt Musico is hearing it and listening it to it today, and I will throw it and throw it under the covers on this one. Uh, hopefully I'm, I'm wearing some underwear when I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> the Yankees have always been better when they haven't bought their roster, okay? Just remember that. Then when they don't buy the roster, and I don't want to hear about John Carlos Stanton. He was practically given to the Yankees. Derek Jeter, before he left, he said, here, here's a present. And no Yankee fans, he doesn't stink because he's the only one that hits in the playoffs for them. So please, okay? So it, to me, right now, the Yankees, what they're doing, yeah, they paid Garrett Cole. They're going to have to. They, they, they've paid some players. Glaber Torres has looked really, really good this spring training. He, 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 there's a lot of good signs with him. There's been good signs with some of the players that they've brought in, their shortstop that they brought in in that trade. He's looked pretty good the last couple of games. So I, I think what the Yankees need to do and what they, the Mets need to do is build around their farm system. That's what wins, and that's what always wins. So hopefully, Mr. Musico, that's what New York sports will be from now on. We see it with the the Jets. Uh, hopefully, that'll help them win after fifty some a year. We see it with the Giants now. They're starting. To, they're gonna. They're gonna build around the draft, and we see that with the Rangers. We've seen that with the Islanders. That's what wins, and 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 I I think it's been a big problem for New York sports. The Red Sox have done it very. They've done it very well. The New England Patriots have done it very well. That's why. Uh, Boston sports have dominated the last 15 years. So that's just my opinion on that one. So yeah. anyways, Mr. Musico, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media? We're looking forward to have you a fourth time very soon as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. You can find me on Twitter at mmusico8. And obviously, if you want to check out MLB Daily Dingers, it's just at MLB Daily Dingers on Twitter as well. And it, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. I love you, man. Baseball. Uh, and hopefully, we got a good season on tap. And remember, my birthday party's coming up. I remember I told you, you got to come out for my birthday. You didn't come out last year on the boat. But this is my 40th, man. I'm going to be 40 years old, oh, man. Oh, man. The so this is like the... Oh. Uh, the 11th anniversary of your 29th birthday, yeah, right? Please don't throw me under the bus on that one, man. <laughs> Thank the you, specific Matt. numbers are better, though. 29th anniversary, 11th anniversary of the 29th birthday. Oh, well, thank you, Speedy. Just make me look older and make me sound older. No, Anyways. I'm praising Matt for the specific numbers, not just rounding up to 10. Could like you stop with your analytics do. for five seconds, please? <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, Matt, thank you for joining us. All right, take care, guys. Appreciate it. Matt! Musical, ladies and gentlemen, creator of the Daily Dingers, Metsmerize writer. He's awesome. Love him. Absolutely love him. Uh, anyways, when we come back, we're going to have a new guest, Speedy. Who do we got? We'll be talking up? to All 22 Premium Fantasy Football co founder. Uh, you do a terrible. Ray Cotto. You're terrible. You, you got to give a little bit of personality. I'm trying to help you here, okay? I'm trying to give you the feedback, and that's horrible, okay? When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to co-founder of All 22 Premium, not premium, premium fantasy football, Ray Cotto, here on the Sports Lab Mouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. and gentlemen, we are the Sports Lab Mouths. You can call us. Yes, you can actually call us. 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app, iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide, I am not speedypedia.com. Okay. You like that, Speedy? Sure. No, it doesn't, doesn't ring a bell for you. It doesn't help you. I'm trying to help people. Uh, we want to bring your name out. I mean, we talk about this off air. Where we we could just give you like this that everybody will know you. Max Scherzer, when he sees you at the game, oh, my God, the great Speedy Petey is in the audience. So maybe he could throw you a bone. What do you think about that? I mean, uh, if you want to invent a website that may or may not be found. Putting your that? face on the background, I don't want to scare anybody away. Anyway. I didn't think so. You, uh, just, you brought it up. <laughs> we are now talking to co-founder of All 22 Premium Fantasy football ray cotto what's going on ray hey guys how you doing we're good man how are you i mean obviously you get to listen to our foolish craziness uh matt musico was an unbelievable guest he's been on for almost this is the third time he'll be on a fourth time we love him and maybe as we get to know you we'll love you and you'll be on four five six seven eight times so very happy to have you so why don't we uh get into uh, what you created, All 22 Premium Fantasy Football, what made you start this? And, and obviously, you're a young guy. Uh, you did fantasy sports really since you're probably 16, 17 years old. What got you into this? Yeah, so that's exactly right. So like like you and most others that probably are listening to your show, just you know, big-time fantasy football fan and just football fan in general, right? And so uh, just in playing the game over the years, uh, you know, first you start with your regular season long, you know, daily came along, dynasty has been growing, you know, in recent years. And so it was really just looking 
forward to really what the next step is in fantasy football and, and what's missing, right? Um, because, yeah, fantasy football is great. I love it. Everyone loves fantasy. But it's not the entire, you know, it doesn't encompass the entire game of football, right? We're obviously missing offensive linemen. You have IDP, but it doesn't really, you know, that's more about just, hey, who gets a bunch of tackles, right? And, and, and there's some flaws with that. So about six years ago, myself and two partners, we were actually just sort of reminiscing on the first year of our Dynasty League and how we could improve it. Um, that was the year I think uh, Blake Bortles, you know, went off in garbage Please. time pretty much every week. <laughs> and, uh, he was a, a bunch... top five fantasy quarterback, though. We were yeah, right yeah exactly. I, I don't know I what didn't... drugs anybody was on when that happened. <laughs> so I, I think I'm the only person who had Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson and did not win their league that, that year. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we said, hey, that's not, you know, that, that's not exactly real football, right? So we figured how could we – truly you know emulate the the reality of what's taking place on sunday so uh we started off uh, with this idea and have really been developing uh, ever since um all 22 fantasy which essentially is the fantasy football game that you know and love um, but it uses uh, pff grades as a main uh scoring component in the game so in using those pff grades we can now measure the performance of every player on the field, including offensive linemen and defensive players in a more uh, accurate capacity than just counting how many tackles they had. You know, who cares if it was 12 yards downfield after they missed their gap assignment or whatever the case may be. Um, so we really wanted to sort of reflect the, the real game. And, you know, another way to think of it is back in the old days when Madden actually cared about their game and it was a great game to play, um, you know, the, the startup uh, fantasy drafts in franchise mode, right? It's as if the NFL had a startup draft tomorrow. How would, you know, how would you build your team? You would take your quarterbacks first. You wouldn't draft a running back first overall, no matter how good they were, because that just, you know, that, that makes no sense. I mean, the Giants are a perfect example of that. So um, that's the long-winded way of, of sort of the, the story of how uh, all 22 came Somebody's to a Giant fan. I, I mean, I mentioned the Giants. Are you a Giant fan? So I'm not. And I want to say I'm not taking it. It may seem like it because I'm a Cowboys fan. But I'm not taking a shot at them with that running back quip because I am actually a Penn Stater and I love Saquon So you're Mark. a Cowboy fan, huh? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Cowboy fan in New York. I know a lot of people that listen to this show that won't like you. That's for sure. <laughs> so I guess a Cowboys and a Penn State guy, Micah Parsons, the perfect storm, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, I, uh, yeah, that was like an outer body experience when that pick was announced last year. Are you kidding year? me? He's probably, uh, you know, flagging himself and running all over the streets naked. I mean, come on. <laughs> Michael, Michael Parsons. I mean, oh my God, he's no, please, no gang related. Please, no gang related. Oh, anyways, go ahead. Come on, Ray. I don't think you would stoop that low. But, jeez, jeez. Um, yes, I, I would stoop that low. Yeah, so I'm sure you would. I just, I just hope Ray would. But, uh, yeah, so I wanted you to go through a lot of those, a lot of those other st- statistics, the pro football focus stuff to look at that is, goes beyond your fantasy football league. Because I think the offensive line concept, when you were describing it to me, was very cool. I think the way they ended up doing that, too, where it kind of changes the strategy. So what are the things that you look for in those kinds of leagues to be able to strategize, especially for the offensive line and also some of the defensive stats that maybe are lesser known? Right. So, uh, you know, one – one big uh, sort of component of, of grading and something that PFF said before is that, uh, for example, let's start on the defensive side. Sacks are, uh, you know, we want sacks that are earned, not given, right? If you're, if you're unblocked or the lineman misses an assignment and you just run into the quarterback, okay, great. Yeah, you got a sack, but that's different than, you know, splitting a double team and, you know, really laying into the quarterback on third and six or something at a key point in the game. Um, so all of that is taken into account in in your grade right um so if you're consistently getting pressure 
but the opposing offense is, you know, just dumping the ball off quickly to the running back or throwing screens or, or quick slants or what have you. As a defensive end, you're still making an impact. You're still performing really well. So that will be reflected in your PFF grade. So if you draft, you know, players who do consistently get pressure on the quarterback and are good, consistent players, your team is going to be better for it overall, as opposed to just, hey, you know, uh, this this one week he, uh, you know, my one my one starting defensive end got lucky and got three sacks, but uh, in reality he only got three pressures the entire game, as opposed to you know eight or nine from uh, someone like we'll use Mark, Micah Parsons as an example, since he does you know wreak havoc in the backfield you know week to week. Speedy, do you like sacks? I have I played defensive line. No, do you like sacks? Do you like sacks? Do you like big sacks? Sure. Bigger sacks. How big sacks? uh, How bigger is magnitude of the sack? It would matter on the game. But how big do you like the sack? What do you mean? Uh, the, the sacks have different sizes. What kind of size? All right, I would need do? I would need some uh, some Pro Twenty Two data for that. Um, or all Twenty Two data for that, Ray. <laughs> so you like them big? I suppose. There you go. You, you heard it. You heard it here, everybody. He likes big sacks. Anyways, we are talking to co-founder of Full Twenty Two Premium Fantasy Football, Ray Cotto. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why don't we go into the league and, and the depths of the league and, and the playoffs were fantastic. Uh, we saw the Bengals really rise to the occasion, uh, go to the Super Bowl uh, so fast, and nobody would have thought that they were going to be Super Bowl contenders this year. Uh, a lot of teams really falling off, and then all of a sudden this offseason, uh, the NFL uh, and the AFC just exploded right off, uh, and it's not Kansas City that it's exploding. It's uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Broncos, and then obviously, to me, the favorites with all the talent in the world, the L.A. Yes, the L.A. Chargers favorites to come out of the AFC. What were your thoughts with the acquisitions and some of these uh, player movements this offseason? Yeah, it's it's really been one of the crazier offseasons or maybe the craziest offseason we've had in a super long time. It's And it's just crazy how they all consolidated really in the AFC and the AFC West. Um, You know, it's, you look at the NFC and it's just a graveyard for quarterbacks now, and it's just begging for another team besides the Packers to actually do something and, and, and rise up to the occasion because it's wide open. Um, I think the showdowns, you know, that's, that is just going to be total fun to watch in, in the AFC and, um, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing if you come out of that conference because you're battle tested or if it's going to be such a bloodbath that by the, uh, you know, late in the year, you know, towards the end of the playoffs there, if you're just going to be worn out. I, I really don't know, uh, you know, if that's a good thing or a bad thing for whoever comes out of the AFC. So two big name receivers that got traded, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Adams, obviously, to the Raiders in a Josh McDaniels offense. And now Tyreek Hill to Miami with their new coach, Mike McDaniel. So fantasy implications and also real football implications. Hold on, and maybe a new quarterback. I've been telling you guys. All right, we'll get to the new quarterback Tom in another Brady. question. But I'm asking Tom about the receivers. Brady might be heading there. I've been, well, did I not tell you that? Yeah, did I, I not tell I you that was going to happen? I know you did. I did. Save it for your question. I did. So fantasy implications and real football implications you think of those two receivers in new locations yeah it's 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 hard to to really think of hey there's another level for Devonte adams to get to right i mean he's just spectacular uh week in and week out and of course he came from a good situation too coming from aaron Rodgers and being the primary receiver there but you know he reunites with Carr. you know indoor stadium i i, I think he's you know there's going to be no drop off there whatsoever if anything maybe even a slight uptick there um, because you know the Raiders were in desperate need of receivers. Also, Tyree kills interesting 
Um, you know, again, you, you kind of have a coach coming from that San Francisco tree there and you can use him in, in so many different ways. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you acquire Tyree kill and try to rely on Tua to get him the ball uh, in, in, you know, sort of the traditional, you know, ways you're used to, whether it's just, you know, deep downfield passes, or even in the short game with, with some, uh, you know, yards after catch opportunities there, you want the ball in his hands, like they use Devo Samuel out there in San Francisco, uh, you know, any way you can. And, um, you know, if, if, you know, whether Tua works out or not, I think you're going to see Tyree kill get a lot of touches. Um, and, you know, maybe, you know, again, he's not working with Pat Mahomes, but if he has more opportunities with the ball in his hands, we all see what he can do with it. And, uh, you know, anytime he touches the ball, he's a threat to take it all the way. So uh, definitely some more touchdown opportunities, I think, for Tyreek Hill, uh, if they use him, you know, the right way and don't rely on, you know, the traditional quarterback methods of getting him the ball, since you are going from Pat Mahomes to Tua, um, which is, you know, no matter how you slice it, a definite downgrade in, in QB. <laughs> We are talking to co-founder of All 22 Premium Fantasy Football, Ray Cotto. Well, I, I, I think we, we all know the stories coming out from Miami that uh, there is a quarterback looming and lurking all over, but he's still in, you know, he's still in Florida, in Tampa, in the NFC. And why not come back to the AFC East and try to win it in a place that he's always played bad at, and that is... Miami, there is a story coming out, and I've been saying this ever since he's come back, that I wouldn't be surprised if Miami is the place that Tom Brady goes. And now it's become a huge story, and uh, why not talk about it? What are your thoughts that now that Tyreek Hill is over there, Kasicki is over there, they got a great tight end, great wide receiver core, uh, offensive line not that good, and that does not going to work with Tom Brady. But all in all, that team is stacked with talent offensively. Tom Brady going to Miami. Do you think there's any chance of this happening? It's been so chaotic. I don't want to say there's no chance, but I, I doubt it. I think one thing too is you know Brady, for as great as he is, he doesn't like to get hit. You know, and uh, behind that offensive line, he's going to get hit regardless of all the weapons he has, we, we, we've seen that he doesn't need uh, a ton of weapons in the traditional sense to be great and do what he does. But what he does need and what he does not want is uh, to get hit, uh, you know, often in the pocket, especially at uh, however old he is now, 45, 46, I've, I've lost count. Maybe it doesn't even matter with his diet <laughs> and all that TB12 training that he's doing. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, the line is more important with, with respect to Tom Brady. And so I, I do think Tampa's a better fit for him. So that's why I would doubt a move to Miami, though it would be fun to see how he would, you know, use all those weapons if they were to somehow with, uh, I don't know, whatever draft capital they had left would be able to protect him in, in the hypothetical world where he does go to Miami. Is there any other quarterbacks that you could see end up getting traded now as a result of this chaotic offseason? There's rumors with Baker Mayfield. There, Matt Ryan obviously just got moved. Jimmy G now looks like he's staying with the 49ers. Do you think there's another surprise that could be in there? I think if anything happens soon, it'll probably be Baker. Um, I think the, the, you know, Cleveland's going to have to just sort of settle for, for an offer at this point. Everyone knows they, they don't have leverage. No one's buying. Okay. Yeah. Deshaun's going to be suspended for a certain amount of time. So we're going to keep, you know, Baker Mayfield for, for six weeks or something. That's, that's not worth it. You're for stealing anybody. my idea now. You really are. <laughs> Ray, you're hurting me here. It's, I just don't think it's worth it for anyone. I do think, you know, it could be Miami, you know, maybe makes a play for Baker. 
Um, you know, if something were to happen sooner than later, I think that's a possibility. Uh, also, there's always, you know, if, if this does drag on and there is no movement, say, till after the draft or even heading into, you know, deep into training camp, there's usually one situation where a quarterback goes down with an injury and a team is looking for a stopgap or someone to really plug in there as a starter. And maybe you see some movement then, um, you know, with respect to to a guy like Baker, if he's not moved at that point. But um I do think there's one more quarterback move left, and I do think it's Baker more more likely than uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think at this point, I mean, you could say you can maybe say both are what they are, but um, you know, I do think people forget Baker was playing relatively well uh, before this past season where he was dealing with injury, and uh, you know, maybe someone like Miami with you know a bevy of weapons thinks that they can maybe recapture some of that. Well, obviously, the running backs have been really a, a really important piece to fantasy teams. Okay. Derrick Henry, who's really just exploded the last three or four years, which I told everybody it was going to happen. Uh, and, and for some reason, when Vrabel came there, he, he didn't want to start him. And then it took him a second half of the season to say, you know what, I'm going to play this big guy. And then he starts to dominate. Um, this coming year in fantasy, if you look at like, guys like Taylor, Henry, uh, and all the top, uh, you know, McCaffrey, what running back at number one, if you're sitting there at one, would you draft knowing that the running back is so important when it comes to fantasy? Traditional fantasy, I'm still taking Jonathan Taylor. I know people say, uh, you know, hey, you know, it's not often that those guys repeat, you know, as, as the top dog year over year. Um, but you look at some of the other guys and they've got mileage on them. You know, you've seen McCaffrey get injured, um, you know, for I think two years in a row now. Henry's got some mileage. He was dealing with injury as well. Um, you know, we've seen Saquon battle injuries last, uh, you know, two years. And then kind oh, of, he stinks. Yeah. Give me a <laughs> Come on, nah, that's guys. my Penn Stater now. So. Ah, he's st- <laughs> I, I, and I love Saquon. I actually interviewed him, him and his father before the draft. I, I love it. He's a Jet fan. I love everything. But. Come on, man. The guy, you never draft a running back in the top three unless you're ready to win. They weren't ready to win. I think there was too much pressure on the kid. And ever since then, after his first season, yes, his second season wasn't that bad. He's not the same. And too much pressure on him. He doesn't belong in New York. Send him somewhere where he can win. I've been saying Buffalo. Why isn't Buffalo opening and and talking to uh, their ex-GM or assistant GM and ex-coach or offensive coordinator. It makes a lot of sense for him to go to Buffalo. It, it certainly does. And I agree, you know, everything you said, you, you don't waste a pick that high on a running back, no matter how good he is and how great Saquon is or was, however you want to look at it. It's just not a smart investment. Um, that's why just like, uh, you know, looking back, in, in, in that draft. And I'll, you know, make my plug for all 22. Also I'm drafting Quentin Nelson before I draft any running back, because that's more important for, for your overall running game. Um, and you know, that's, they last longer, it's, it's more consistent play. Uh, and they're not as dependent on other positions for their success. Um, so, but because running backs are dependent on other positions for their success, the bills might say, you know, we could plug any guy in there, you know, let's just get our line, right. We got Josh Allen, we got Diggs, uh, you know, drawing coverage, we don't need to, you know, to send draft picks over to to the Giants to get a Saquon for. Do a year you really think Duke Johnson is the answer <laughs> to their running game 
Give me a break. Of I course mean, not. <laughs> they, lost, they lost enough defensive linemen. They overpaid for Von Miller. I, I mean, he's making a ridiculous amount of money at the age of 33. I, I think he's a great pass rusher, but for, for, for six years, $120 million, uh, $57 million guarantee, I think it's ridiculous. Um, I, think that, I think they're going to be eating their words, and they're going to be choking on it going into the season with Von Miller, especially if he gets hurt. I, I just... I don't know. The AFC East might be at its weakest we've seen in a very long time. I mean, you can't bet on New England. You're not going to bet on Buffalo this year because I think they have so many holes in so many spots. Their running game is one of them. Their defensive line is definitely another. Their secondary, how healthy is White going to be coming back, coming off of an injury of that magnitude, tearing his ACL when he, he depends on speed to defend? I know we've seen it work, but it doesn't always work, guys. And um, the wide receivers, yeah, Stefan Diggs is getting older. They, Davis looked really, really good, but I, 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 I don't bet on that. I think the AFC is absolutely winnable. Miami could win. Uh, yes, and I'll say it again, even though I don't think it's going to happen. Yes, my Jets could actually play well in the division this year, as young as they are. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think this, the, the AFC East is so open than it's ever been. And I don't trust that Buffalo is as good as everybody says they are. I, I really don't disagree. I think, you know, you mentioned Von Miller. It's almost like it's an overcorrection for some of their recent draft picks at, you know, on the defensive line and at defensive end in particular with, you know, Epinesa and, and Greg Rousseau, who, mm. uh, you know, for, you know, as stout as they may be, th- those aren't plus pass rushers, which is what, what really rules the day in the NFL these days. And so I think they identified that and, and maybe they're saying, hey, we only have Stefan Diggs, you know, in his prime for another year or two tops. Um, you know, so let's go ahead and go all in on a Von Miller move after seeing what the Rams did and, and going for it because they are in, you know, a relatively weak division. I agree there's holes there. I'm just not sure that the rest of the division is there, you know, and able to take Horrible division. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. they're young. I mean, Miami's young. The Jets are the youngest team in football. Uh, and they're only going to get younger with the draft that they have this year. Uh, they're, and, and, then, and then New England, they're actually, yeah, they have veterans. Yes, they, made a, they spent a lot of money last uh, you know, offseason. They're, they're getting younger. They're adding young players through the draft. They, and they don't have Tom Brady there anymore. They don't have uh, the OK goatee, whatever they call them. Whatever. Okay, Corral, goat, whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, and, and, and Bill Belichick, and I'm so sick and tired of hearing Robert Kraft say, oh, it's been three years and we haven't done anything. You don't have Tom Brady, buddy. That's why you haven't done anything. So I, I just think the division is so open. It's, it, it's always been New England's division. And in the last two years, it's been Buffalo. And I just, I, I just don't see those four teams to be scary. And, I, I, yeah, Buffalo has the best chance of winning the division. But I, that's not saying much. I could see that division being won by nine games. I, I, I just I, – I, I can't bet on any of those teams to really succeed. Josh Allen, to me – is the best quarterback in that division right now. He is. We don't know what Zach Wilson is. He played very well in the second half. We saw that. Uh, so I want to see him, you know, start to build. Maybe the Jets add another wide receiver, help him out. Who knows? And that offensive line's much better with adding Tomlinson and and what they're going to do with Mackay Beckham. And I mean, I think he has a, I think he's got something on his shoulders. And I, I think he's going to come out like a bandit this year and try to kill people because of what people have been saying about him. Did you hear? Did you see what he posted up on Twitter? 
No, but if it was something about him being angry, that's a that's a guy at that size I wouldn't want to, to be angry. No, uh, he calls himself the, <laughs> the, the the. It's not the big ticket anymore. It's something he called himself something else, like uh, you know, being like uh, the big bust. That's what he called mm-hmm. himself. He calls himself the big bust now on his Twitter account because it, it's like it's it's. It's like giving him the incentive to go out there and kill people this year, mm-hmm. and I, I think, I, I think whatever whoever has pissed this man off, if you look at his numbers this first year, it's not a fluke what he is. I, I, I just think he hurt himself. He, he, he was coming into a new offense. I, I just think it was a lot, and and I, I he's he, if you look at the videos right now. The man is going to come out like a bandit this year. I, I really think there's no way George Fawn is going to beat him out on that left tackle position. I'm telling you that right now. Mark my words that Jets in two weeks, three weeks after OTAs is going to know who was going to win that left tackle position. So, and there, did you hear what they're doing, Elijah Vera Tucker? They're not moving him from guard, are they? No, they're moving him from left guard to right guard, and they're moving Tomlinson. Next, uh, you know, on the left, the the left, the left guard position, which is very interesting. It's only going to make Elijah Vera Tucker better. I, mm-hmm. I, I really, I, the way he played last year. Could you imagine him on the right side? I think, I think they're trying to really figure out what the identity of this offensive line is going to be in the future. And I, I think, uh, I think it's smart. I, I, I think it's very interesting and intriguing to see what they do in the draft, but. Um, I, I'm asking you because you're 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 a specialist with fantasy, and I think people look at fantasy, and even though offensive line means nothing when it comes to fantasy. Usually, uh, offense does. Um, well, now offensive line does. Yeah. So. <laughs> throughout the throughout this off season, where do you see uh, it? Be- fantasy benefiting in you know, obviously we know the AFC is stronger, but where do you see fantasy benefiting? And, you know, when it comes to positioning or, or positioning standpoint from the quarterback position, the wide receiver position, or even uh, the running back position, what stands out being that the, the offseason has changed so dramatically? You know, I think running backs are going to hold serve. Uh, you know, there may be one or two running backs in this class that really come out and, and make a statement, but you don't really have the top high-end guys, whether it's a Saquon Barkley, a Miles Sanders, or a DeAndre Swift in recent years. You don't really have that type of talent at running back. And I think with the quarterback moves, you're going to see some improvement from guys and young guys. Uh, you know, if you're looking at Dynasty too, in particular, like Jerry Judy, now he finally has a competent quarterback throwing the ball that will actually see him break wide open in the middle of the field and actually throw it to him. Uh, you know, and, and then with moves like Devontae Adams, you, you know, I don't think you see a drop off from those guys while you do see an increase in some of the young receivers like a Jerry Judy. Uh, you know, Tyree Kill, yes, there's a downgrade at quarterback, but again, depending on how they use them, I think they're going to get the ball in his hands to uh, be damned and, um, you know, roll with it that way. So I think, you know, the receivers, you're going to see uh, another uptick. You have a strong draft class coming in. I think nowadays every rookie draft class is strong at receiver just because of the way the game is played at the college level and high school with passing being paramount. These guys are coming in polished and, uh, you know, the passing game has been emphasized to them since they were, you know, since they could, you know, crawl and walk. Um, so I think receivers going to continue to get deeper. You're still going to have those high-end guys Running back is going to hold steady. Uh, I think same with tight end. You, you know, you, you don't see too much movement there. Um, but really, I think receiver is deep, and that's the name of the game. So if you can get one of the few, which maybe that's, you know, maybe that's not much of a change in your strategy. But if you can get one of the few running backs with volume, there's tons of receivers to choose from. So of those receivers, the last three draft classes that have really 
created a flourishing amount of wide receivers. What do you think is the best play for dynasty football purposes long term? And is there a receiver of that class that maybe looked good one year and iffy the next that maybe you're a bit concerned with? So if you're in dynasty, right, and you don't have Jamar Chase, you missed the boat. Uh, you, you know, no one's going to give him up, um, you know, unless there's, they're doing some crazy rebuild and they don't even want to keep him for that long. Uh, but I highly doubt that. Right. I think same thing with Jefferson. You probably missed the boat there. Um, one guy that I, I would say I'm concerned with and yeah, you know, Cowboys fan, whatever, but I do, th- I'm, I'm a little concerned with CD lamb. Um, you know, I think the, the way Kellen Moore and the Cowboys really run that offense, they really don't think about uh, sometimes you hear players before plays. They're really more of a plays before players type of offense, which is kind of what you saw play out with Amari Cooper and some of the issues that they had with him, which ultimately led to that that trade this past spring. Um, and I do think they're going to bring in another weapon at receiver in the draft this year just to, to shore up that room. So I don't think you're going to see just because Cooper's gone a, a, a large amount of volume heading C.D. Lamb's way. And I also don't think you're going to see a change in philosophy in Dallas of, um, you know, hey, n- now let's get our top guy the ball, uh, you know, more often here. So I think if you have C.D. Lamb, there's, there's probably still a ton of people who hold him in high regard, um, but you could probably sell him for a pretty penny. And not that he won't be good. Um, you know, he's definitely startable as, as a wide receiver one or two. Um, but I, I think you can get good value for him and I don't see his value rising a tremendous amount, uh, moving forward here. We are talking to co-founder, all 22 premium fantasy football, Ray Cottle. Last question for us, Ray, uh, is from one of our fans, Carl, the birthday boy. How do you take in account cornerbacks who don't get challenged a lot based on status in your rating system? Got it. Right. So um, we don't. So in traditional IDP, right, if they're not getting challenged, they're not doing anything. They're not getting tackles. They're not getting, you know, pass deflections. They're not getting interceptions, uh, you know, more often than not. So um, they're not worth it in, in those traditional leagues. Right. In our league, we, we are taking into account all aspects, including, yes, the, the, their, you know, their run defense, but also their coverage ability. So if they are locking down their receiver, snap in and snap out. Um, you know, pushing him to the sideline on deep routes and not allowing quarterbacks windows to throw the ball. PFF grades account for that. So they will grade highly. Um, that's why, you know, you'll see, you know, before he got hurt, we talk about Tredavious White, right? Uh, you know, he, he's a pretty po- positive grader here and he probably grades higher than someone like Trayvon Diggs, who has a ton of interceptions, but also gives up a lot of catches and yards. Um, you know, he still makes a lot of plays, so he does have some some positive grades, but you will see that the more consistent player at that position is getting, you know, they have high marks and high grades are going to be ranked highly in our game. And that that's reflective of real life, right? You want a corner who's not going to give up big plays. And, um, you know, that's extremely valuable in the real game. And that's valuable in our game as well, as the grade will account for that as they, they're graded on every play, regardless of whether they record a statistic or not. Anyways, Ray, thank you for joining us. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media, bud. Sure. Great. So uh, first you can find uh, all 22 at all 22 underscore PFF on Twitter and Instagram. I personally am all 22 underscore Ray on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to learn more, you can go to all dash 22.com to uh, get on the wait list for the all 22 platform that's coming out uh, later this off season. I'm reading what Jeff is saying. He's He's such an idiot. I I swear. (laughs) But anyways, Ray, we definitely want to get you on again as the season progresses. We, 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 I'd like to bring on a bunch of fantasy guys. We've had so many great fantasy people on our show and put you guys against one another and see who 
who would we follow when it comes to drafting players, and how would we follow, uh, you know, particular, you know, understanding of, of which way to go when it comes to the draft? So we really appreciate you, and we'll definitely uh, reach out to you very, very soon. Thank you for joining us. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Definitely looking forward to it. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. We were just talking to co-founder of All-22 Premium Fantasy Football, Ray Cottle. Nice kid. Smart kid. Knows more than you, Speedy. So that's saying a lot. I I believe it. I mean, Speedy, at least he doesn't wear underwear on his head. Okay? I mean, you've done that, right? Unfortunately. Yes. I I mean, you don't wear any underwear. Usually do, right? Oh, God. It's true. You don't wear any underwear. You've proven it. I did it for one show. Well, you've done it many shows. No, I did it for one How show. How many times have you wore your pajamas during the show? Once. Uh, it was more than that. It was not. Well, Ray, Ray, Ray knows don't truth. listen to him. Ray, it's true. He is a guy that doesn't like to wear underwear. He, he has come out and said that he doesn't like to wear underwear <sighs> under his covers either. It's, it's, it's a shameful wow. thing. Yes, and he also don't tells Don't listen me, to him, Ray. He's also told the fans that his dog has had a little bit of fun with him, right? God, I'm not going there. Check the archives. We could we, we could check the. Uh, <laughs> Ray Cotto, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into the stories coming out from New York. Where do the Jets go? Uh, now, obviously, we're looking for a wide receiver. The Debo Samuels of the world. The AJ Browns of the world. All the different wide receivers we've been hearing. DK Metcalf, who I don't want out of all of them. But uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into some of the uh, stories coming out from Miami that Tom Brady uh, could be looking to going play, going to play over there in Miami with Tyreek Hill. Interesting story. Uh, we'll get into some baseball. We'll get into some hockey and basketball uh, with Julius Randle crying. Yes. <laughs> Crying like always. I can't score. I can't be the number one guy anymore. Give me a break. When we come back, we'll get into a lot of handling with sports here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. You can call us at 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Oh, well, uh, Speedy, I... Don't know why you do that all the time. In the first hour, we had guests. Um, we talked to Mac Musico, the Metsmerize, and MLB Daily Dingers. Uh, you know, very, very interesting uh, writer. He's been on the show four times. Uh, and then, obviously, co-founder of All 22 Premium Fantasy Football, Ricardo, who was really, really good as well. Uh, again, <laughs> Jeff says, again, with Michigan, they effing blow at everything. But they don't obviously blow at everything. They got into the Sweet 16. I mean, that's not bad. Uh, they they now are in the Frozen Four. It's not easy to get into the Frozen Four, Jeff. Uh, so it, it's and by the way, they were they were the final four teams in all of college football. So uh, I don't know if they suck at everything. They they just don't win. That's the thing. <laughs> Let's see them win something, then then we can talk. But 
Uh, I think Michigan, didn't they win a Frozen Fourth recently, I thought, Carl? Yeah, you can refresh me on that. talking about this year. No, I know, but even, recent, like, even recently, like they, I think they won a Frozen Four championship recently. I know Wisconsin did, for sure, which uh, another one that Jeff doesn't like and you don't like because of Mr. Silverberg. But I don't – no, I don't well, – hold on one second. It's not that I hate Wisconsin because of Josh Silverberg. I hate Wisconsin because I've never liked the Badgers, uh-huh. okay? I don't know why you think I hate the Badgers because All right, maybe you Josh. just drove it on further because of Josh. No, I don't show. like the Badgers. I don't like Wisconsin. I did, there's nothing, it has nothing to do with Josh. It just it irked me even more that he was a Badger fan. <laughs> Josh, or Jeff says uh, college football was a bias. They sucked. <laughs> well, I, I'm not. And now he'll probably comment, oh, Georgia's going to score. Georgia just scored again or something like that. Mm. Uh, and Carl says uh, Michigan has the most Frozen Four appearances. So there you go. So they're not that bad. Um, anyways, uh, to get back into football, and, and it's not even the Jets. I mean, th- these stories coming out from New York, and, and I, I don't like them because I don't think the Jets should be looking for any, any guys besides drafting. I, they have a tremendous amount of draft stock. Why are they talking to San Francisco, Seattle, and Tennessee to try to bring in these high-paid, high-profiled wide receivers? It doesn't make any sense, especially when they're not ready to win now. They're really not. The Jets, they're they're still rebuilding that defense. They need to find a pass rusher. I I don't understand the consistency of trying to find a wide receiver, uh, a top-end, number-one wide receiver. And if they bring in A.J. Brown, then they have – uh, they have obviously AJ Brown. They have Corey Davis. Uh, Corey Davis. Reunited, back to Tennessee Titans. You have Elijah Moore there, who's very close with AJ Brown. I mean, you have the Tennessee Titans right there. Now, I'm not saying it's bad, but I, I, it doesn't make sense. You know, it just I, I I think the Jets need to look at uh, what they could do in the draft. I, I mean, I, Jeff is right. You you can never guarantee. Who are you going to draft, and if they're going to be fantastic wide receivers in the draft? Now we talk about Garrett Wilson and Drake London, and and some of the wide receivers in the in the Burks of the world. We talked about how good this draft could be. It's it, it's really a race between five or six wide receivers, and that's really it. I mean, top end wide receivers. But over the last couple of years, the wide receivers that come out of the draft have been very good. I mean, Jawar Chase has been good. Jalen Waddle's been good. Elijah Moore has been good. I mean, that's just talking about last year. So I, we've seen it. Then we see Justin Jefferson. We, we've seen good wide receivers come out of the draft. Why go out and spend money and trade away pieces when you're still rebuilding? You're still trying to figure out what your identity is. It doesn't make sense. So why are we hearing the New York Jets come out? Now, I think it's all – I believe the Jets are just talking – I, I cannot see the Jets. If you see what – I don't think the Jets are willing to give a, a first-round draft pick for anybody. They didn't offer a first-round draft pick for Tyreek Hill. I don't see them offering a first-round draft pick for any of the guys that we've heard. Now, when you look at the picture of the AFC East right now, the AFC is not a winnable division right now. Now, I, I think it's a very easy division. You heard what I said uh, with Ray Cotto, I think this division is definitely open more than it's ever been because there's no more Tom Brady there. I don't bet that, you know, the Patriots are, are still, a, you know, they're still missing pieces. They're not exactly at full strength or uh, at, ready to win now. And Buffalo, yes, they've got great pieces. They have Josh Allen. It's great. They're worse than they were last year. So 
I think that this division is absolutely winnable, but it's not winnable for them yet. I, I just think they still got to figure out who Zach Wilson is. They got to figure out where this team is and who this team's identity, what this team identity is. So, I, I mean, and we have the beef coming on in just one second. He wants to come on, so we'll put him through in just one second. I, I mean, to, to think that if you're a Jet fan right now, uh, and you're excited that the Jets are talking with Seattle, talking with Tennessee, or talking with um, who's the other team? San Francisco. San Francisco for getting Debo Samuels. If this, this is going to make the team better or worse, you would be crazy to think that the Jets would be a smart organization and do this. You know what I mean? It's this would make the Jets even stupid. Okay, as a Jet fan. If you anybody's a Jet fan listening to the show right now and is going to sit here right now and say, hey, you know what? Let's go after Debo Samuels. Let's go after A.J. Brown. Or let's go after D.K. Metcalf and give away draft stock right now. And there's no guarantees, again, that these guys are going to be good. Nobody's going to sit here and tell you, well, the Jets are ready to win now. So if they made a trade, it's going to put them on top. It's a stupid move for the Jets. And if the Jets do this, it's going to I believe it's going to set them back. It will set the New York Jets back. But anyways, we got the Beav on the phone. What's going on, Beav? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? What would you like to talk about? Oh, I'm good after this Ranger win. I'll tell you that right now. Well, I uh, listen, it, the season's almost over. The Rangers are playoff berth. They, no, I know they're playoffs, so I'm just happy that they beat Pittsburgh. So. They beat Pittsburgh, and, and I, I let's see if they can beat them in a seven-game series or a five-game series in the first round. Which uh, I think they will. But, well, you, you never know because we've seen this before. 100% right. We've definitely seen it before. We've but seen it before. You, you really think the AFC is wide open? East. Uh, no, I think the East is very wide open. Let, let's go. Let's go through the East, okay? Go ahead. To Miami, okay. They added Tyreek Hill. Who's their quarterback? Tua. Are you going to bet no, that? Tua, not, are you going to bet no, that Tua? I'm not worried. No, I'm not betting on Tua. Right? All right, all right. Whatsoever. New York so, Jets yeah. are the okay. The New York Jets. They are the youngest team right now by far. They are in football. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson still. They're, they're not going to win more than six teams. Okay, so there you go. That's two teams right there. Now let's go to the Patriots. The Patriots added the last year they played very well. They won, I think, ten games. They mm-hmm. made the playoffs. Great. They, now you they, go, they overachieved this year, and I think the Patriots are going to actually take a step back. Uh, so there, that's three teams. There, there it is. And now you look so at Bu- Buffalo. Hold on. Now let's go look at Buffalo. Buffalo lost six starters defensively. Okay, they lost their top. They lost their top corner before the season's end. He tears his ACL. He's coming back from a major injury. Now, he might not even start the season, you know, you know, as a starter. He might miss uh, bits and pieces of the beginning of the season. So, uh, already you, you're, you, you don't have a top-end star corner that's going to stop some. And, and they're, they're uh, as far as their, um, uh, the, not the roster, but the, their cap. schedule. Their schedule this year, it's not going to be easy. So, and then you look at Von Miller. You overpay for Von Miller. He's 33 years old. He gets hurt or he can't stay healthy. They don't really have anybody to really fill in those spots. They, they had so much depth last year from some when they had the injuries that they have. They don't have it this year. And then they don't have a running game. They brought in Duke Johnson. They, they, they're trying to play around with Moss and Sal, Singletary. Oh, Maybe they draft somebody. Gonna, they're still going to win a division easily. I don't think so. I really I don't. Do. I don't think I it's do. going to be an easy way for them. I think Miami will be better, even with Tua. They'll be better this year. I think the Patriots, even though I'm not going to bet on the Patriots, the Patriots open. There's no sure if I, thing. If I, if I was to pick it, I'd go Buffalo. 
Well, Patriots, Miami, and then Jets. Listen, I, I'm not even going to. Just if, saying. If, if, if I go in th- through the rosters, I, I'm, there's no sure, sure thing. Now, obviously, the best quarterback in that division right now uh, on paper Josh Allen. is Josh Allen. But that doesn't prove anything. That doesn't sell me that say, hey, you know what? Uh, if you look at the big picture, the Buffalo Bills are going to win the division because the Patriots still, even with the – they have a good running game. They played very well throughout the season running the ball. They had a four-headed monster. They only pay like what – Jeff says like $10 million on four running backs. Right. I, I mean – Something like that. Yeah, they don't pay anything when it comes to their running game. So the, the, and, and they need a wide receiver, and they'll probably draft one in the first round, which doesn't usually work for them. But nope. who knows? Maybe they'll land the one. One position they can't draft, just like the Ravens for whatever reason. Maybe they'll land one. But nevertheless, I, the division is – But they, they don't have a quarterback. What I'm, saying, what I'm saying, Beef, it's not that I don't think the AFC is good. AFC East is good. I think it's open more than it's I ever did, been. I, I, I didn't say it was – I don't I – don't, I, I think, think it's open. open to me. If you think it's open, then it's any 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 team. Can win absolutely, division, absolutely. I don't, I don't think so. I, but you're wrong because listen, I'm not saying the Jets are. I don't think the Jets are going to make a, that big of a step this year. I believe it's going to be the year after. But the Jets made some acquisitions could make them significantly better. I mean, you added two tight ends, both of them can block, both of them catch the ball. I mean, they had a wide receiver at free agency, or they make a trade for him. They bring in an A.J. Brown with, with with the players that they have right now. Their offensive line is significantly better than Andy Tomlinson uh, and, and Makai Beckham coming back and rotating with George Fawn. I, I mean, yes, the Jets could compete. And if Carl Lawson comes back and actually is 100% healthy and plays like he played at you know, OTS before he hurt himself in Green Bay, yeah, I think the Jets could be, compete this year. Absolutely good. That doesn't mean I think they will. But, again, this division has always been dominated by the Patriots because of Tom Brady, because of, of Bill course. Belichick. It's not like that anymore. And even with the players that they have now, there is no short thing. And Buffalo, everybody keeps talking about Buffalo. Buffalo, if you were to look at their roster right now, are they as good as they were last year? Honestly, are they as good as they were last year? Mm. No, but they're not that bad. I didn't say they were that bad. Are they as good as they were last year? Well, no, they're not. No, they're not. And what does that tell but, me about the division? It's opened. The division I is I open. Still, I think the I think Buffalo has it locked. Mm. Completely I, locked. I don't. I don't think they have it locked. Don't be surprised if Miami's better than you think they are. Don't be surprised if the Patriots not, not are better than they are. Not going to be. I'm but sorry. Again. Again, but guess what? They added a running game. The, and Miami for years have been a very good running team. And by the way, the Patriots have had problems beating Miami in Miami. Okay? So it, it's, it's not going it, to be so easy like you think it is. And Buffalo, by the way, last year in their division was very, very good. The year before that wasn't. So to me, they're, they're, not, they're not as good defensively as they were this year. They were the number one defense in all of football. They're 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 the number one. They were the number one te- all around defense in football that last year. You think they're going to be number one this year? They're not. They'll I would be surprised. No, I I'm telling you, they're not going to be in the top five. I'm telling okay. you right now, they're not going to be in the top okay. five. But they're not as good as people think. So out of all the a- AFC divisions. Speedy, am I right or wrong? Yeah, it's weird because the the Bills did lose some in terms of veteran pass rushers, in terms of leadership, getting more depth on the Leadership. Roster, where the depth I think could end up hurting them. Now Von Miller's going to have to 
spark this this team in ways that he did to the Rams, which is going to be very hard to do because he's more of that feature guy now. And he's also in a 4-3 defense, which, again, he could play in any defense. I'm not really worried about that, but he's more comfortable in a 3-4. Now, the thing that Buffalo has that the other teams still don't have is more of they didn't have as many moving parts, like Miami, new coach all at once, Tyreek Hill now coming in. Is that going to work with not having Brian Flores there type thing? The Patriots. That's the not money true, Speedy. They lost their offensive coordinator. They lost their assistant GM. The, losing your offensive coordinator that has helped Josh Allen grow, that's a significant loss. So I don't know what you're talking about. They have a lot of moving pieces. You're, you're, mis, mis, you're mis, mistaken because you're looking at the defense and they, oh, they lost some young old players and they added young players. Not necessarily. You lost the best thing to happen to your offense and helped your offense really dominate the way they did against Kansas City. So you're wrong. By the way, our Patriot fan has arrived on the other side. Jeff, what's going on, man? He's trying to argue, oh, Michigan was bad. No, no, they weren't. Who's a, who's a, who's a worse loss? Mich- uh, Cincinnati, who made the – I'm just calling it the Final Four. I don't care if it's the college football playoffs. Or Michigan State, who didn't. What's, what's the worst loss? That is fair. Uh, Snug says, yes, any team, not the Jets, can win the AFC East. Uh, Carl says, who slaps harder, Will, Will Smith or Duke player slapping I, the floor? By the way, I didn't say the Jets were going to win the AFC East. So No, I, he just said they'd be more competitive, and they are the most improved team of that group. It doesn't matter. They're not winning the AFC East. I'm just saying that if you were to look at the AFC East right now, and the beef's on the phone too, if, if you will look at the whole AFC sure. East, the AFC East is open more than it ever has been for years. I mean, it's been dominated for the Patriots for almost 20 years. Now that there's no more yeah, Tom Brady. It's fun again. Yeah, it, it, it's open. It's, it's very, very open. I, I, I still don't think it's open. Oh, I do. I, I, I think, don't. I, I mean, here, here's the thing, Beef. And, 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 and Jeff is a Patriot fan, and we have a lot of Miami fans that listen to the show, as everybody knows. I look at the AFC. It, it, it is open because – I can't say when I look at Buffalo right now, predominantly, and I like the new rule, and we're going to get into that in just one second. I like the NFL for the playoffs that if a team does score a touchdown, that the other team has a chance to try to you know match it and score a touchdown. I, think I don't think that rule even matters. I don't think it really matters either, but I think with what, what happened with – well, so here, here's, here's the, here's I the can't other hear what argument saying. that rule. No, you got to put on your, your other phone or put on your thing. That's why when you can hear Jeff, just beef because you can't. Right. It's on the two double right. phones. Right. So here's the argument to that rule. Okay, someone's going to win the coin toss. They're going to score a touchdown. Like, just take the Buffalo Bills-Kansas City game because everyone was scoring crazy last year, right? So just use that game as an example. Okay. So Buffalo gets the ball and scores. Kansas City gets the ball and – or Kansas City got it first. So they get the ball and score. And then Buffalo's going to get it and what they're going to score. So then guess what? Now we're in sudden death again, and whoever scores wins. So either way, you have to play defense. Who gives a shit? No, and I, I think you're right. And I think uh, when, you look at, when you look at the change of the, the NFL, and they've tried to change rules. The NFL has been doing this for years. They're trying mm-hmm. to find this rule to change that rule. And coaches, you know, with the Saints thing, what, what happened with the Saints and the Rams, they tried to change that rule. It didn't work, and they got rid of it after one year. I think with the NFL and what they're seeing this to be, what happened last year uh, in the, I guess, the divisional series is is that they saw that the Kansas City Chiefs had last legs. They scored a touchdown, and Buffalo could have had the chance to do the same thing. And because they didn't win the coin toss, it screwed Buffalo. So I think by doing this, it gives, you know, it, it might. It, no, might, it, didn't, yeah, it didn't screw Buffalo. No, it didn't screw Buffalo. 
they have the opportunity to play defense and get a stop. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the game. But, that's uh, football. We're, but we're not playing. This isn't the land of high school seven on seven flag football where everyone gets a turn and you'll score and he'll score and it'll all be fun. Play fucking defense. Yeah, but you, you, as you saw that game, that game was back and forth. Both defenses were tired, and and if they were it, both tired, but yes. the both defenses made a lot of stops in that first. But hold, but hold that. on, Jeff. If you if you don't win the coin toss, if Kansas City doesn't win the coin toss, they don't win. You know what I mean? Okay. So, oh, yeah. well, 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 well that's I, fine, I think we saw in the very next game what defense can do because I think Cincinnati. Stopped Tennessee and ended up winning that game. Who was the or who was the team that, that made the stop? It was the game right after that. And yeah. there was also the Bengals stopping the Chiefs in overtime too. After the Chiefs won yeah, the but, coin toss. But but right. but, but, but it's right. there That's for what you I'm to get the is, ball. Oh, there oh. you go. You play defense. Hold on, Jeff. What did you say, Beef? I said it, it's fair for both teams to get the ball to, it, to have a chance. It's fair for both teams to get the ball. Of course, the whiny baby thinks everyone should get a chance. <laughs> Not whining. <laughs> they 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 needed to do something with this rule because it, both teams need an opportunity to get the ball. I'm sorry, just we like should college call it the Dak both teams, rule both teams get a chance to have, have the ball. Uh, no, if it was the Dak Prescott rule, would they win? The, would they win in overtime in the playoffs? Probably not. I would agree. Listen, I, I would agree. Maybe maybe not in the first round, but in the second and third round, all the way to the AFC <laughs> Championship. I do. I believe both teams should have the opportunity to touch ball, touchdown, field goal, kick. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think but in college they get a chance to do it. So why not the NFL? Well, I, I think college, yeah, college is untimed. College is untimed, and right, I like it more. But there is our differences. But there's also a lot of different rules in college, and I think using college is a terrible barometer. If there's a pass interference in college, it's only 15 yards. It's yep. not the spot of the foul. So I mean, do you want to change all the rules so they exactly match? No, and I think that rule works in college. I think when you look at the NFL, and the NFL has tried to fabricate what the league has been in the past, and now they're trying to figure out, hey, you know what, uh, you know, with the, all these star quarterbacks and how, how the game has completely changed and, and, and how they want to bring offense to the centerfold, not defense, and what we saw with Kansas City and Buffalo, which was, we, you'll never see a game like that again. I guarantee you'll no. never see a game like no. that again. Nope. Um, but it, d- just the fact that that the way the game ended and 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 listen, I I will say this: Josh Allen bitched after that game because he believed that he should have had an opportunity to touch the ball. Again. He actually didn't bitch. He said those are the rules, and that's those what no, we played by. Hey, Josh oh, Allen didn't bitch. Well, he didn't bitch. Listen, he didn't bitch there. But uh, why was it that Josh uh, Allen's mu- a, a much more of a man than say John Har- Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh was uh, that went and cried and had to change rules? Then why is this? No. Why was this story written in Buffalo that Josh Allen, you know, is upset that he didn't get an opportunity to touch the ball? He yeah, you can be you can be upset and also not bitch because even after the game, he said those are the rules we play by. That is what it is. Yes. You know going in you know going into the game what the rules are, right? Yeah. Here are the rules we need to play by them. So guess what? Play defense. Jeff, I wanted to ask you I wanted to ask you something before we get back into this. Uh what did you think about Will Smith smacking Chris Rock? What what did what did you think about that? Because I never got a chance to talk to you about that. I thought it should have been the bees. <laughs> what he thought it should have been you. <laughs> okay. If he wants to come and try that, he can come up to New York and try it anytime he wants. I know, he ain't gonna I know. He's gonna puff all up. No, I'm being serious. Let, let's start. Let's stop with the beef. What, what did no, you I think? I don't. I, 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 I Do you think, think it was staged? 
You think it was staged? No, it definitely wasn't staged. Because, uh, I mean, I watched the video of it. You know, they posted it on Channel 4. They were going over and over again. It looked like he barely even hit him. You, yeah, but you want to know, you can slow anything down and it won't look as bad as it is or whatever. You can no, it wasn't staged. It wasn't staged. So you, you had nothing no. to say about that? I thought I, I thought Will Smith was absolutely horrible. I think Will Smith, uh, the Academy Awards, Oscar should not allow him to come back. I, I think that was embarrassing. And, and for Chris Rock to come out and, 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 and really blame himself, I feel bad for Chris. I, if somebody hit me on the stage, I give him credit that he didn't beat the shit out. I'm, excuse my language. He didn't beat the shit out of Will Smith because I'm if not, somebody hits me on national TV like that, I'm beating the hell out of him. I'm not going to sit there and let him beat the hell out of me. 100%. Honestly, I just think Will Smith is like, you take this for what it is, but I just think Will Smith is is mentally ill. That's honestly what I think. He's been, he's, you know, he's he's the Hollywood Tyler Harrison. He's been I don't know what he, I heard Tyler Harrison was talking about entanglements and it embarrassed the He called him the Hollywood Tyler Harrison. Tyler Harrison. Oh, God. He's a complete cuck. He's a complete beta. He let the woman run his life and it's affected him mentally. And he's, and he's acting out in ways that he shouldn't. You, you know, you, there's no excuse for him getting up there and hitting him. He was laughing. He was laughing at the whole joke. He laughed right until he saw his wife's face and she was rolling her eyes so that he got secondhand offended. I just, I, almost as bad as the time. I knew someone that got offended when Colin Kaepernick kneeled that he quit watching football. It's almost as bad as that. I just, I, I think it's it's foolish. And listen, I have I have a lot of respect for Chris Rock. I, I actually had the opportunity to go to one of his shows. I met Chris Rock a long time ago. Uh, Chris Rock is a really, really nice guy. He really is. For him to apologize, and I, I want to, I want to I, I find what he wrote. And and I, I, there was something that was posted. Speedy, find out and read it to us. I, I, I think it's horrible because to sit here. And as a, as a Chris Rock fan, and see him apologize to something that was not his fault. He is a comedian. That's what comedians do. They make jokes. He didn't. He didn't call her. You know. He didn't say she had cancer. And I hope you die. I mean, he called her the GI. When when are you going to play in the new GI Jane too? Yeah. You know. I mean, we understand what she. You know, she might have problems with her hair and all that other stuff. He was I, kidding. I was a little- I, I did feel a little bad for, for Will Smith. Just a little bad, right? Did you find it, Speedy? Oscar... So read it off, Speedy. I'm sorry. Uh, violence in all forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line, and I was wrong. I am embarrassed, and my actions are not... Not in- Will Smith. Chris Rock. Oh, Chris Rock's apology. That's what I'm looking for, not Will Smith. I, 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 I did feel a little bad for Will Smith, though, right? Because he won an Oscar and got into a fight, so he was one assist away from the Gordie Howe hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> the Gordie Howe hat trick. Did you find it? It was a reaction to his apology? Yeah, yeah, no, what he says about the Academy Awards. You didn't find what Chris Rock said? He posted it. I can look it up, Speedy. That's why you're the producer. Who cares? I, Who no, cares? because Let's it's very interesting. On the Cowboys. No, <laughs> did you find it? Chris Rock's apology, because Speedy can't find anything. 
I, I mean, I, I mean, how 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 deliberate it can you be? Here, I'll find it in five seconds, Speedy. Okay, so here we go. Chris Rock's apology. Bam! Right here. Wow, I found it. One, two, three, Speedy. <clears throat> Did you find it? Ding, 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 ding. Did you find it? It was on what, Instagram? Speedy, are you kidding me? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Who cares? Let's go back to the AFC East. That's that is. Or we can just shit on Carl, right? I think George just scored again. All right, Chris Rock wrote this. All right, because I'm gonna I'm gonna read it because Speedy couldn't find it. All right, it's popped up. As a comedian, it can be difficult to understand which lines are to be crossed or which ones aren't. <laughs> Last night, I crossed a line that I shouldn't have and paid an enormous price of my reputation as a renowned comedian. Comedy is never about poking fun at or making light of people with major ordeals happening in their lives. Comedy is about using real-life circumstances to create laughter and bring light to otherwise dark uh, a dark world. With that is said, I sincerely apologize to my friends Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith and the rest of the Smith family for a disrespect and disregard I displayed, which was unfortunately broadcasted for the world to see. I hope that with the time and forgiveness can come of this situation and we can all be better. More consideration people in the end. Chris Rock. I And there's a drive to left by Castellanos. <laughs> Looking at this and what he said, he should not be apologizing. Will Smith should be apologizing to this man. He did nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. It upsets me that Will Smith had the balls to go up there and cry and apologize to everybody but Chris Rock. And and you want to know something? It's disrespectful. But maybe this just speaks to the kind of person that Chris Rock is. He goes up there with no intention of hurting anybody. He tells a bunch of jokes, and he's sorry if he did hurt somebody. He, he might not be in the wrong, and I certainly don't think he's in the wrong, but maybe it just shows what kind of person he is that he cares about whether he hurts other people's feelings. No, I, I, I agree with you, Jeff. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I'm just, I, I feel bad for Chris Rock because if I got bitch-smacked on national TV the way he did, and I sat there and still, you know, still stood up there, still dealt with it, and not only been embarrassed, but be embarrassed by a guy that you have you have spoken nothing but high gratitude to. By the way, was laughing at your joke when you were doing it. Okay, so to me, it's not only disrespectful. He's he humiliated a man that should have never been humiliated. And by the way, you know what you know what Jim Carrey came out and said that if if Will Smith smacked him, he would have sued him for two hundred million dollars. Okay, that's what Jim Carrey said. Nobody should be putting their hands on anybody. Well, Jim Carrey also gives people herpes. So who cares? That's fine. Whatever. I don't care about his herpes or anything. All I, like that. All I know is this: if Adam Sandler isn't writing a scene where Chris Rock slaps Will Smith in Grown Ups Three, I'm not watching. <laughs> Grown up straight. I can't wait until that comes out if it ever happens. But um, I, I just, I, I just think it's despicable what he did, and 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 it's for disrespectful. A minute, it, 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 not only disrespectful, he, he, he. he I'm going to tell you this right now. He, they say Chris Rock's going on tour. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt him. You know, being that he's going to go on tour. It's going to hurt his, you know, selling out. It's you know. not going to hurt him. What do you think? What do it's you not going to hurt Chris Rock. What are you talking about? I think Chris it is. Rock? I think it is. How? 
Because I, 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 a lot of people are taking Chris, uh, you know, uh, Will Smith's side. A lot of people. No one's taking Will Smith's side. I, I, I beg to differ. I've been reading different things. <laughs> Carl says really? Jim Carrey isn't too emotionally stable either, too mentally stable either. And Stuck says if I got slapped like that on live national TV, I would spear him like Goldberg and then I'd drop him into a figure four leg lock. Well, I, I agree with if, you. If he really wanted to insult Chris Rock, he should have thrown a bag of beads coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually really good, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll probably be eating it. <laughs> it's only good because he doesn't make it. <laughs> you see this now, beef? Now, 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 Jeff, if 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 Will Smith is really the Tyler Harrison of entertainment, he would he said, really eat coleslaw? He said, that, Jeff said that, uh, that you know, it would be humiliating if he threw your coleslaw at Will Smith, you know? And then I said... No, because he'd probably like it. <laughs> and then he said that you don't even make the coleslaw, so it won't even matter. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> well, you know what? I think you should make a nice sandwich and send it to Jeff and, and, and show him the, the talent that you have. Well, why the hell would I want to do that for? <laughs> what I want to do that for? <laughs> See that, Jeff? He doesn't even want to hook you up with a sandwich. That's fine. I'll I'll remember that come college football time when he calls me every day looking for texts like he does already. <laughs> well, I think you've made it evident that you don't want to bet on Michigan. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll play like the, the Poor Sisters of the Blind or something like that. Poor Sisters you know. of the Blind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, listen, I think Michigan is a sure bet every time they play like Central Michigan, Western Michigan. You know, any of the poverty schools. But when they play the big boys, ooh, man, they got stuffed in a locker when they played Michigan State, didn't they? <laughs> Kenneth Walker just scored his ninth touchdown. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I will say this, and I'm very surprised that you, when you look at – and we, we can look at the NFC and the AFC. We, we all know the, the NFC is really down to four teams. Okay, it, it's really well, down. Dallas. The NFC East is wide open. You want to talk about division wide open? That's a division. That's Actually, open. it's not. Tampa is. I a, do. Tampa's a no, short thing. The, N- the NFC. East. It isn't the NFC East. No, it's not. It's not wide open. It's wide open. No, it's yes, not. It is. No, it's not. It's, it's two teams. Really. It's two teams. It's it, it's oh. the Eagles and the the Cowboys. That's it. Cowboys. I wouldn't count Washington out. I wouldn't count Washington out, but Washington has de- deficiencies, and they have one wide receiver. That's it. Right. They got one guy. I, can catch I actually ball. think the NFC East is wide open because, for whatever strange reason, that division in the division, they always play each other tough. So you never really know who can get some wins in division. That's true. There hasn't been a back-to-back champion since the Eagles did it in 0405. That That's being true. said, though, the Washington still has a lot of question marks, a quarterback that is very injury-prone, a field where quarterbacks get hurt all the time, and their offensive line isn't great. And like Errol's saying, outside of I – mean, Antonio Gibson's a solid running back, but they, that's really their next best offensive skill player after McLaurin, who even himself was kind of streaky last year too. So it's a little tough to trust, and that defense was kind of underwhelming <laughs> last year too. When right, judging but now they're the going to have a healthy Curt- – but now they're going to have a healthy uh, – is it Curtis Samuel? Yes, they have Curtis Samuel, yep. Right. So that's going to help, and they'll, they'll actually have a dude that, for the first, listen, Carson Wentz ain't great, but for the first time in a long time, they got a dude that can actually throw the ball because Tyler Heineke stinks. Well, it's, I don't know if he stinks. I mean, cool. Tyler Heineken. I don't oh. think I don't think he stinks. I I'll he tell you, he's, he, he's so bad. That he's a good Carson backup. Carson Wentz was a 
He's, he's so he's bad not, based on Carson Wentz is a marketable upgrade over him. I don't I think he's a good backup. I think you you have Tyler Honekin as your backup. You have one of the best backups in all of football. I'd take Cooper Rush over him. Yeah, get out of here. Cooper Rush. <laughs> Cooper what are you Rush. talking about? Cooper Rush came in the game came in. One game, Jeff. One game. Doesn't Jeff. matter. Cooper Rush. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush in front of Joe Montana. Get the hell out of here. What are you talking about? We have to pick a Cowboys player so and a correlating Hall of Famer that he's better than. You're so, so Cooper stupid. Rush in front of Joe Montana. Yes, so in stupid. front of Barry. Steve Lamb in front of Steve Largent. Steve Largent. You two. I, I, I mean, from, from the beef thinking that uh, Zeke could play behind the same line as Barry Sanders. Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Tyler yeah. thinking that Saquon could do the same. I mean, what is it, what is it with everybody? With, with Barry Sanders. Does anybody actually know how good Barry Sanders was to, to try to – I mean, Tyler doesn't. Tyler doesn't know his ass from his tailbone. I mean, it, it I don't even know if he thinks did. he knows how to wipe his ass, okay? It wouldn't even matter if they did know who <laughs> Barry Sanders was. Still, Cowboys running back, better than insert name of Hall of Fame. Carl says, please tell Beef to hang up. Snug says, sandwich uh, said, sandwich artist formerly now known as the Beef. Carl said, they gave up a 17-point lead against Sparty. Snug says, that Cowboys have it locked up. And Carl said, did Errol say Heineken? Beers all around. Heineken. Heineken, beers all around. Uh, maybe it's Tyler Heineken. Maybe maybe we'll call him Tyler Heineken. Well, but when, it, when he realized the product of the Washington football team, maybe that's what they'll have after the game. No, but I, I, I think, listen. Dalton Schultz, better than Tony Gonzalez. And, and, and the Giants, I, I mean, Jeff said it best. I mean, the Giants have a very easy schedule. They yeah, have... but the whole NFC East plays that schedule w- right. without, without three games. And then there's the, the new wild card game, the 17th game instead of 16th. So right. the schedule is going to be virtually identical. Yeah, the, the NFC the a- NFC East is the AFC North for the extra wild card game, which means the Giants would play against the Ravens. And uh, it would be ranked on the seating based on that. Dallas would play the Bengals. Wait, did the Ravens finish last? In that they did, technically, they did. because they had the wow. worst division record. They were them and the Browns were both eight and nine, but the the because the Ravens got swept by the Bengals and <clears throat> swept by the Steelers, like they had the worst division record of that bunch. So the Browns actually got third place. Technically, still, still good teams. Still yeah, they're, good no, teams. They're, they're all they're all very good teams. Baltimore's going to win that division this year. I think with the acquisitions they made, Baltimore's going to win that Pittsburgh. division. Do you think Pittsburgh's going to win that division? Pittsburgh's winning that division. Now that they have someone who can throw more than five yards downfield, Pittsburgh's winning that division. And don't forget, Brian Flores is going to inject some extra life into that defense. Carl says, totally, totally, Pollard equals better than Barry Sanders. And Snook says, Barry who? After seeing Zeke and Barkley, Sanders was just okay. I'm throwing, a, I'm throwing a flag on that one. You can't have Zeke better than Barry. you got to pick a different Hall of Famer. you got to go like, Tony Pollard's better than Jim Brown. How about this? Nobody's better than Barry Sanders or even comparable to Barry Sanders. How's that? That not, makes sense. Not, not, not true. Oh, not yeah, who? True. Every, who? Who? There are thousands and thousands who? of Cowboys fans across the country. <laughs> no. so, uh, so every Cowboys running back is better? Is that, is that the, the logic we're going to go on, here. Jeff? Emmett Smith. Uh, Tony Pollard better than Curtis Martin. Emmett Smith <laughs> wouldn't even sit here and say that he, he's anywhere close to the same player as Barry Sanders. Emmett Smith is, is better than Emmett Smith. <laughs> Emmett Smith is better than <laughs> Emmett Smith. Okay, that's great. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, they, 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 to anybody, and listen, I know the Beaver was probably kidding, or maybe he wasn't kidding, but you want to offend him? Uh, Dak's better than Troy Aikman. Back is Dak is better than Troy. Ba- Did you hear what he said, Beef? 
What? He said Dak is better than Troy Aikman. No, he's not. No, he's not. You see, you see he said he said that will offend you. Danny White is better than Roger Staubach from that logic. Hey, here, here's an interesting debate. Who gets Aikman was better than Staubach? Dak or Troy Aikman? You know, Dak had his foot on backwards. Not a good look. Troy Aikman gets concussions opening fan levels. <laughs> get the hell out of here. And, and, and Beef says, Beef just said that uh, Aikman was better than Stahlback. I, I beg the difference. I never got to see Stahlback, but Roger. I didn't see him either. But... Ro- Roger Stahlback, a lot of people say, changed the game. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, one of the first like mobile quarterbacks of that time. He changed the game. Really a lot of so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was better than. Uh, yeah, Troy Aikman was better than That's, better that's than all he wants to do is downgrade the Dallas quarterback he didn't watch. That's exactly <laughs> the whole point. I don't think that's what he tries I to do. I watched all the best Cowboys. Larry Allen, premium lead. <laughs> Larry Allen. Get the hell out of here, Jeff. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was Nate Newton. Nate Newton had the weed. Yeah, Nate Newton's still in jail, I think. <laughs> but I, I just, I think. Hey, Josh Brent might be getting out soon. They need help on the offensive line. Maybe that's a possibility. <laughs> Beef, you got to hear what he's saying, man. That's so funny. I don't care what he says because whatever he says is nonsense anyway, so. <laughs> what From your perspective, uh, Troy Aikman, 60.5. Uh, just comes out of his. Fat ass. It's all comes out of. Yeah, he said that a lot of crap comes out of your fat ass. Troy Aikman, sixty-one point five completion percentage. He says he'll remember that when you're calling him for picks. Yeah, he told you all. I saw that's all he's good for. He says that's all you're good for. <laughs> oh, well, he can he can certainly take his uh, his gambling advice somewhere else. You can take your gambling advice somewhere else. He said. <laughs> so Troy Aikman, sixty-one point five percent completion, thirty-two thousand nine forty-two, one hundred sixty-five touchdowns to one hundred. What did you say, Beef? What did you say, Beef? I said I'm about to hit another big parlay tonight. Oh so. yeah. Yep. What are you? What are you going to win? Um, about eight hundred. Eight hundred. What? What do you have to do to win? I just need the Dallas Stars to beat the um, the Ducks tonight, and I'll win. Are they Let's winning? Let's go Ducks. Let's go Ducks. They're up one nothing. Oh, Into the first Dallas? one nothing stars. But I hope the seven, Ducks come seven, back. Seven, oh my seven, God, seven I hope pick, the Ducks come back. Seven <laughs> pick parlay. He says he hopes the Ducks come back. <laughs> come on, we need the contract sure. like Gordon Bombay. Quack. <laughs> Gordon Bombay. <laughs> He's quacking. He's quacking. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well. Success. The last time I the last time I took just advice, I lost all my bets. So. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he's good for. <laughs> last time he took all your advice, he lost his bets. Good. I, 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 that's the whole goal. <laughs> he says that's, that's the, the entire goal. He says that's the whole goal is to have you lose. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm totally against corporate America. I hate big coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's against corporate America. Corporate America. He's against coleslaw. He says. Yeah, well, now he's against coleslaw. Like yeah. Beef. What did you say? So that guy wouldn't miss a meal for nothing, no matter what was on the table. <laughs> he said that and you yet, would. And you yet, would... I'm the one that runs four miles a day. What do you run for? The border and Taco Bell. That's what you run for. <laughs> he, says, he says the only thing you run for is the border and Taco Bell. He I says. thought that's what Tyler ran for. <laughs> Are you kidding, Tyler? Tyler's got runs in his shorts. <laughs> 
he says Tyler has runs in his shorts. Yeah. <laughs> oh. says that probably made the beef twitch a little. That's one thing more than the beef is good for. Let's go ducks quack 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 quack. quack. And Hey, Carl, Carl says, quack, 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 mix Mr. Ducksworth. <laughs> Mr. Ducksworth. Throw me up a flying V in the chat, Snug. Give me the flying V. <laughs> flying V. Get the fuck out of <laughs> You guys are nuts, man. They are nuts, but I'm getting off. I gotta get up. All right, Beef. I'll talk to you tomorrow, man. Thanks for calling, bro. Yep. Later. The Beef. That's it. I've done it. That's it. I got him to leave. I'm done it. Well, he might win 800 bucks. Right. Did you did you get him? Did you accomplish that goal already? You just had to do it again. You're adding to the list, Jeff. Eight hundred dollars still isn't enough to get a face transplant. Well, leave, leave the beef alone. I mean, come on. He's Why big you... coleslaw, and I'm against it. Yeah. <laughs> coleslaw. Well, you what, what did you name him? Uh, the Sultan of Coleslaw? Is that what you get? Or the Prince of Potato Salad? Oh, the Prince of Potatoes. That, that, I, I think the Sultan of Coleslaw was really the king of all the ones that you said, man. I mean, that the Sultan of Coleslaw. Carl says, Beeb and Tyler are Grubhub Catherine's. I, You know what it is? I, when I see Tyler, when, I, when Tyler posts stuff on social media, especially Twitter, it's like nobody even answers him. Why does he post anything? Nobody cares what he says. What I are you mean, talking about all his friends reply to him. N- nobody applies to him. Go watch it. That's the point. He has no friends. <laughs> Dude, he's got like 450 people that follow him. I don't know how, but They're nobody. All They're all bots. Nobody, nobody answers to what he. He's always got something crazy to say about the Yankees. He, the Rangers could do no wrong. They could do no wrong. <laughs> I mean, the Rangers bringing this guy. Oh my God, duh, that the Rangers winning a Stanley Cup. You know, it, this it's he reminds me of. And I'll say this, and I'm not going to put Mikey C. down at any cost. But Mikey C., the, the Celtics could never do any wrong. And whenever I did a I, show. Hold on. I got abs, I got abs and, and, and flames on. I got to put ducks and stars on now just to root for the ducks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an intermission. Damn it. Uh, well, if the Ducks win, if the Ducks lose, it will be something to laugh about because that would be Beef. Beef won $1,000 last week. It, it, yeah, you want to know what the story with that is? Because he called me. He's like, oh, I got Villanova and Duke. And then Villanova won, and the cash out got to, I think he said it was like 8, 880 or 890 or it was higher rates. It was higher rates. So Carl says, yeah. Carl says Tyler's followers are restaurants. That's what he says. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That, that would be pretty. That would be pretty exclusive to get an account from a so, verified account of a restaurant. So he got. So he got it to eight ninety or whatever, and then he was like, "Oh, I don't trust Duke and cashed out." If he had just hung in there and 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 stayed in it for the Duke win, he would have cashed like fifteen hundred. Yeah, and, and I told him out and left six hundred on the table. Yeah, I, I told him to do that because I, I even though I, I thought Duke was going to win that game, he's you know he was asking me which way should I go, and I told him I said if you want to play it safe, if you're a betting man, you stay in. If you're not the betting man, you stay. You you, you take what you, you what you got. What you you're making nine hundred percent. I mean, he put twenty dollars down, Jeff. He made nine hundred ninety one dollars. No, it's great. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good win. That's a sure. that's a great win for him. You know and. I told him, I said, and then he told me the other day, he's like, I should have stayed in. I was like, no, you shouldn't have, because if you lost, you would have been bitching that you lost, and you should have pulled out. So that's what I, that's what I told him. I said. By the way, that was a great comment, whoever said that uh, 
all of Tyler's followers are restaurants. That's hilarious. That's, that's Carl. That's Carl. That's Carl. <laughs> the birthday boy, Carl. <laughs> yes, it was. How, how many times do you think Tyler listens to that Applebee's song? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it, it's just it's so funny. Tyler, you know, me and Tyler were talking. If anybody knows the show, I, I, I'm not throwing him under the bus. Me and Tyler decided that it was best to part ways from the show. But before that, Tyler told me that he, he's thinking about doing it. I said, why? What are you going to be doing after this? He says, I'm trying to fix – I'm going to try to get things together and fix things up. And all I know that he has been doing ever since he's left is he's trying to Eat go it. out – No, he's trying to go out and play pool – Party, go out and get drunk. So, what was the point of leaving? You know what I mean. I, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. This was keeping him away from trouble, learning something. You know, being a part of a, you know a, a growing and top end show, and he's sitting on his ass, drinking his ass away. So it doesn't hey man, make sense. Sometimes you just gotta let that person steer the car into the ditch. Uh, well, he's steering it all right, and. Steering it so far into the ditch, he's never going to be able to get out of it. Carl says, should have pulled out. That's what Tyler's dad said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. And uh, Snug says, Mikey C is right about the Celtics right now. They are white hot. Yes, I think they're 15-2, and I think, since the All-Star break. Celtics Celtics are in for a big fall, though, because without Robert Williams, they're in trouble. Right. Uh, And and here's the thing. We're not talking about... Mikey C from then. And we're to, I mean, we're talking now. We're talking then. And Mikey C, no matter how bad the Celtics were playing, he they could do no wrong. That was the way Mikey C was. I don't understand it. He would put down the Mets. Oh, God, he slammed the Mets. He put down the Mets. He put down the Islanders. The Giants. But it's easy to understand. When you see a team like the Celtics who have had some pretty good success, right? Like, they haven't won a championship in, I don't know, 10, 12 years or whatever it's been. Right, but they've made it to conference finals in the playoffs when all you're forced to watch is Knicks games that's pretty good Listen, I, it's first of all, it, you, you're not a real fan unless you're you're a Nick fan, okay? Because to sit that's there, that's not true. I'm a Celtic fan. I'm, I'm born and raised Celtic fan. I've stayed with them. So no, but right. that's that's not what I'm saying. You're not a fan unless you're a Nick fan. Because then, you, when you're a Nick fan, you you haven't seen a championship. You haven't seen, you haven't seen anything, but you stick by your team, and that's that shows you that the understanding of what a fan really is. Not going and jumping ship because. <laughs> Steph Curry is on a team, or or Kawhi Leonard's on a team, or LeBron James is on a team. You're just a Knicks fan. And uh, listen, you could say whatever you want about uh, the Knicks and the organization and how it's run. Uh, most of the fans are real fans, and and they they stick by their team. And that, that do you guys, you know. Speedy? Do you remember the time every Knicks fan in the world last year was like, "This is great. We're going to build on it," right? Like, do you remember every Knicks fan saying that last yeah. year? Yeah, uh, I was one of them. Yeah. Now they're in the fucking dumpster again i wouldn't say i wouldn't say first of all i wouldn't what's up nathan i wouldn't say they're in a dumpster bud okay are they gonna make the playoffs no they're a borderline playoff team they're they're borderline (laughs) they're they're four games out of you know getting in the playoffs so no i wouldn't say they're 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 all in all bad i mean you're seeing the growth of rj barrett he's turning into a star they're gonna miss the playoffs in a league where everybody makes the playoffs no not everybody makes the playoffs, Jeff. What are you talking 60, about? Sixty percent of the teams make the playoffs. All right, and the Knicks, and and, and being that Julius Randle has been a bust this year, but here's the here's the benefits of what we've seen with the Knicks this year. A lot of the young players are developing. R.J. Barrett is going to be a star in this. We league. heard that. We heard but, that story, Jeff. Last you don't year. you don't see that? You don't see R.J. becoming a star right RJ now. Ba- okay, right. You want to know what? 
this is the perfect con- conversation to have with you because of how you were last year. Yeah. Yes, R.J. Barrett is developing. You know who you touted last year who isn't? Oh. I mean, oh. No, Emmanuel Quick, but he's also been fighting a lot of injury this year. He hasn't stayed healthy. He's been sitting the out. Ability is available. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Obi Toppin has played well this year. He seems like Grimes, the kid that they drafted. There, it's been spurts that uh, we I saw. I don't want to hear about kids that they've drafted until until they start to work because you were one of the biggest ones who said Tatum stinks, Jalen Brown stinks, and they needed years. I never said right? Tatum stinks. I never said Tatum stinks. Oh, never said oh, Tatum. He's no good. I never liked Jalen Brown. I and never. I mean, right, and he's awesome, by the way. I, I, awesome. I, I'll take back what I said about Jalen Brown, but and I never said probably, anything about Tatum. Probably, never. They're probably a top five duo in the league. It's right? fine. Durant, That's fine. Okay, whatever. Name, name other duos that are as good as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Meanwhile, they're talking about trading one of them in the offseason. That's not going to happen. They right. signed both of them long term. That doesn't mean anything. They got Bradley. They want Bradley Beal. They're going to have to trade one of them. They're not going to get They're, Bradley. That's not true at all because Bradley Beal has an opt out at the end of the year. That's great. So He's going to. They don't have to. They're going to. Uh, you think. That they're gonna, the, the Wizards are just gonna lose him when he opts out of the contract. There's no way he's gonna yeah. do that to the organization. Yeah, yeah there's no want, way. No, you want to? Yeah, you want to know what's gonna happen? I'll tell you what's gonna happen. Very simple. He's gonna opt out because he wants the supermax big payday, and it's gonna be sign and trade time. That's right. And, it, and but guess what? If he gets traded to the Boston Celtics, they're gonna have to trade one of them. And I'm telling you yeah, right but, now. Yeah, but you know what's funny about that? He gets to dictate where he wants to go. He gets to go. All well, right. I'm going and here. if he goes he, to Boston, it's not going to be Tatum. I'm going here. It's going to be Jalen Brown. If, if it's no, anyone, they, it's, it's going to no, be No, they're Jaylen. not going to give up either of them because that's why he would be going there is to play with both of those guys. When you do the sign and trade, the player only agrees to sign if you're going to trade him to the team he wants to go to. So you're going to have to take what you can take there, friend. I will say this. I, I mean, I didn't think Donovan Mitchell was going to be as good as he is in the league. He's become an awesome player. He was an he was a good player in college with Louisville. Right, he wasn't great. I, I mean, he's a good player. He yeah, no, it, it's funny. I actually picked that season, that 2017 season. I actually picked Louisville to do well in the tournament, but I didn't really think Mitchell's gonna be a great NBA player. I was wrong on both of those fronts. I mean, he's turned you out to be some sensational player. You know who? You know who is sneakily one of the best picks in NBA history? Jokic fell, fell fell down the board, kept falling down. Jokic the board. now. Robert Williams. No yeah, 27th. Everyone yep. passed. Robert Williams, Celtics stolen. The time lord. First of all, Robert Williams is not Jokic. It's not even close. Jokic was. A- what are you talking about? All, he's going to be. He's going to be all uh, and all first team all defense. Okay. First team all defense for uh, sure. Oh, okay. Uh, you're talking about one year, man. He's done it one year. Jokic has done it his whole career. Okay. Yeah, hey, man. Sometimes it takes a couple of years, but Robert Williams has arrived. Great, great. He's he's arrived. That's great. I know you love him. He's a Celtic, jumping for joy. Hopefully, he turns out to be the player you think he's. Gonna well, again, be. how many years have we been saying though they need a they need a big man to emerge to trade for a big man? They stuck with their and guy, now and now him. they don't. Now they now they don't. But now again, now he's hurt, so we'll have to see if he recovers off that. But he's, well, he's been yeah, tremendous. No, he'll be sure. back in a couple of weeks. It's only a partially. Oh, I, th- oh I thought they said it was. I thought they said it was expected to be uh, out until out for the rest of the season. Okay, I didn't hear that. Okay. No, no, I only heard a few weeks because it's a partially torn meniscus. So okay, yeah, that, that that's good then. I th- no, I thought it was a torn meniscus. Okay, that's. That's actually a good sign then. So they According might... to Woj, it was a partially torn meniscus. Oh, Woj, letting us down. Hey, you got to get hit with Woj bombs. Uh, 
Fact is, he's been in the league for a couple of years. He's turned out to he's playing good basketball. That doesn't terrific mean, basketball. That's great. I mean, he's a career seven and six guy. Wonderful. He's, yeah, he's but you want to know what? Blocks, rebounds, all of that stuff matters, dude. And and he's a big contributor. Nobody. The reason why? Oh, 11 weeks ago, the Celtics were in 11th place. Today, welcome to first. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. A- again, I listen. I, I I still think if it were the Knicks, you'd be blowing them. No. I... Oh my God! 11th to first. Look how great we are. We're in New York. First of all, they're not in first place. Right. They they were they at the end of yesterday. No, they're, they're not anymore. Not in first place. Miami is now by a game, but you know they were. Oh, they did. But they, yeah, yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, they were. Whatever it was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they're playing good basketball, and that has a lot to do with Tatum. Okay, Tatum. To me, you talk about it. Tatum has been unbelievable. And and by the way, the sneakiest acquisition at the trade deadline, Derek White coming yeah. in and just killing people. Uh, Tatum has been unbelievable, and that's on, really really. The Knicks should be all over it. Let's get on this. Oh. 11, what are you talking 11 about? Eleven to first. Eleven to first. What are you What are you talking about with the Knicks? It has nothing to do with the Knicks. What are you talking? Oh my about, God, Jeff? Obi Toppin is so good. Emmanuel quickly. We have see. a superstar on our hands. Are you uh, do you me? do you do you hear yourself talk half the time? I'm only parroting all the stuff you said. You're last parroting year nothing. You're parroting stupidity. Did you say all of those no, things? I did not. No, I did not. I never said you, anything. You I, saying, I, I, oh, Emmanuel quickly is going to be the next superstar. In this I, I didn't say he was a superstar. He was the sixth man. I never said he was a superstar. You taking words out of my mouth. I, I Emmanuel quickly is not at his position. He, he should be playing not the point guard. He should be a, be a two guard, but he's too small to be a two guard. So he's a sixth man. He's a guy off the bench. So I don't know what you're talking about. He's I'm not stupid, and I know a lot he's more about basketball than you do. I've, I've been following basketball a long time, and I know I a lot know. of about the game. I know a lot about the game. And I'm not going to sit here and you're not going to be telling me that I said that this guy's going to be from I, know, I, know I hated I hated Julius Randle. Anybody that's heard me on this show, I've said I hated. And Errol, you did say quickly was on the way. No, I did not. No, I did yeah, not. Everyone heard you. That's the funny thing. No, I did everyone not. I said he was a sixth man. I never said he was a star. Now you guys are taking words out of my mouth. Find the show that I said he was going to be a star because I know I didn't say that. I never said that. So R.J. Barrett was going to be a star in this league. Now that's that what I said. Touching the ball more. And not- I said R.J. Barrett was going to be a star. And by the way, Carl, you've said things that I've yes! said, and I've yes, caught you to be is. wrong. What the Ducks scored? There it is. Come on, quack, quack, quack. quack. <laughs> A lot of ladies in Costa Rica. Listen to Niffin. Thank you, Niffin, for that grand, grand update. Now Errol's going to go down to Costa Rica. How many times does he go to know, Costa Rica? I don't know who 38 Grant is, but that was awesome. Quacking, quack, quack again. I think he's, a, Jeff, I think he's like a third or fourth line center, too. He's not even one of their better players. Oh, it didn't even go in off. Of, hold on. Who did it go off of? Oh, it went off a of Stars defenseman. I don't care. Quack, quack, <laughs> quack, quack. Fact is, I I never said Manuel Quickly was going to be a star. Never did. I I never said that. I said that R.J. Barrett could. I believe that he was going to be a star. That was the only thing that ever came out of my mouth. Rerack a show from last May. Go ahead, rerack. I'll tell you what, Carl. You go back and find it in May that I said it. If I if you find, I'll give you a thousand dollars because I know I didn't say it. I know I didn't say that. Quickly didn't go to Michigan. I know I never said that. 
So say whatever you want. I never said he was going to be a star. I never said that. I said he could be six man of the year. Speedy, did you ever hear me say I, I, was I don't? I don't remember star. saying star. I, I remember. Sa- I remember six you saying. I remember you saying rookie of the year. Yes, but that was before he got hurt last rookie year. Rookie of the year, <laughs> a sixth man of the year. I never thought because of his size problem, and he can't. He's not a ball handler. He's not a point guard. So I never said he was going to be a star. Because he doesn't have a real proper position at his position. He's really in the middle of positions. He's, right. not, he's not a point guard because he can't ball handle the way he's supposed to. And he's a shooting guard. He's a good shooter. But he's not big enough to defend the two-guard position. So he's not a two. So he's a six-man. He's a guy off the bench. So I, I never said he was a star. I don't know where you guys get your information. Yeah, I think you said rookie of the year when a lot of people were saying. Like, well, I thought he should have won rookie of the year. Lamelo La- La- Ball was out for fi- right. Lamelo Ball was out for like thirty games. Which he won Anthony Harold. Edwards won anyway, so that that worked in the end. Harold's the, Harold's the king of should have been MVPs or rookies of the year, right? Like. Well, that that was also before Anthony Edwards had that big run he did in the second half of the season, and then he deserved it, winning Rookie of the Year, even what Quigley did, because Quigley missed a couple games, but he's right where LaMelo... He goes back to it, but he goes back to it even in baseball, though, Speedy. Oh, it should have been Vlad Guerrero. No, it shouldn't have. It was Shohei Otani by the money. No, that was your opinion. I I don't think... Why? Because he pitched. That's it. But to me, uh, in almost every um, uh, uh, offensive statistic, he led all, every every single off- here's, off- offensive here's statistic. The problem, both here's, the pro- here's the problem with your argument with that, okay? You're pretending like Shohei Otani, the pitcher, is separate from Shohei Otani, the hitter. And they're not separate. They're the same guy. Thank you. Who, by the way, <laughs> they're the same guy. He didn't have a good pitching year, so I, I don't, I don't know where. Good enough where he still stumped Vlad in a locker. Historic. Uh, uh, well, good. Uh, if it says, How many first place votes did Vlad get? Two. Yeah, which is a shame. It's a shame. Uh, Nithin says Nets are going to be a problem in the playoffs if they're healthy. No, they're not. They're going to play the Celtics and they're going to get body bagged. Yeah, I'm worried about them if they're a play-in team. Nithin. Who the Knicks? No, the Nets. Oh, the Nets. We're right now an eight seed. They so depending on how the play in tournaments go out, Celtics are currently third, but obviously that could change. They have, uh, but again, Nithin, if they are a play in team, I'm concerned about them just because of the wear and tear on Kevin Durant's body. That he because he's been the only guy before he got hurt, he was the only guy there for a while, really doing everything. Because remember, James Harden started slow, and then they they're Kyrie Irving obviously wasn't playing. If the so. Nets play the if the Nets play the I Celtics, hate- I say they beat the Celtics. I no do. way, not even ha- no, not even happen. Because here's what here's here's where the the problem is, and uh, he's still for sure the most overrated dude. But without Ben Simmons, they're going nowhere. They don't have anyone that can play. They need Ben Simmons' rebounding and defense to compete. They don't need any more offense because Durant's great and Kyrie is great. I think but they have. No is it Ben Simmons defend. coming back? Is he? They haven't set any timetable for him to come back. They, they, they said he had a spinal issue. That was the only thing. There, there was no timetable yet, but they expect him to be out the rest of the regular season from what they, uh, what they believe. But yeah. And then so you're going to have a dude come in the playoffs that hasn't played all year cold. That's a bad sign. I also worry about it from this standpoint, too. If Ben Simmons is on the court in a situation where they need the offense or, they, or later in the first or second quarter waste on the foul situation – we saw them do the hack with putting him on the line, too. That'll hinder Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant from getting more shot opportunities if he's on the court. And do you trust Steve Nash to be able to manage that accordingly? will be another question, because he's not a very experienced coach, either. Yeah, the Celtics will body bag them. Wait till they get Robert Williams back. Wolf, look out. Dude, they just body bagged the, the Nets two weeks ago. 
Yes. Uh, playoffs are different, and I think it will be different. So uh, Yeah, it'll be different because the margin will be bigger for a Celtics win. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> uh, come on, man. I disagree. It's a herniated Listen, disc. I... It's a herniated disc that okay. Simmons has. Uh, I'm right, but right the now. Celtics the Celtics are deeper and better than the Nets. The, right. the Nets the Nets have problem have the best player. Like Durant's probably the best player. Right. I'm not so sure that Tatum isn't better than than Kyrie or Jalen Brown isn't better than Kyrie. Kyrie takes a ton of bad shots. Mm. Ky- Jalen is not better than Kyrie. Uh, Tatum is. Go, uh, hey, Tatum is. Numbers, Tatum go look is. At, look at what go look what Tatum's been doing. Yeah, but Kyrie's a better player. He, he he's done it. He's done it. He's won championships. But again, Jalen Brown is terrific too. Because I didn't he, say that he's he, not. He, no, no, no. But here's the here's the big difference with Jalen Brown. He he's great on offense. He'll give you thirty a night too to finish. But he also plays defense. Uh, Kyrie right now in twenty two games is averaging twenty seven points, four rebounds, and almost six assists. I mean, Jalen Brown's not better than him. He's just not. I yeah, Jalen plays defense. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Kyrie Irving wins games, you know. And what's Jalen averaging? Twenty-three. So, all right, you act like you act like that's they're... a lot, dude. That's that's four right. points. Oh, that's right. a lot. Okay, all right. So four points is a lot. How many more points does Kyrie Irving let up versus Jalen Brown? I'll bet you Jalen Brown makes up the difference, no problem. Listen. I'm not saying Jalen Brown is a bad player, dude. I'm not saying that he is, but he's not Kyrie Irving. He's just not. Now, in the playoffs, Tatum has been very good, though, in the last— Say Tatum. But Tatum is not Kyrie Irving. I don't think skill-wise he is, no. He's never won. And and Kyrie Irving has been the point guy when they've won before. So I'm sorry. If I'm going to bet— if I'm going to bet on a, a seven-game series, Kyrie Irving, you know, and not, Kevin Durant versus not, Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. But it's not two-on-two. Two. Look at the rest of that cast. All right, all Marcus, right. Marcus Smart, dude, there's another dude who plays a shit ton of good defense. Same with Derek let's, but let's awesome put, let, let's put Let's put the rosters together, okay? Let, let's let's go look at the rosters. All right, you bring up. After, after I have the Kyrie Celtics. Irving, I'm loading the Celtics as we speak. All right, you you bring you bring up the Celtics roster. I'll bring up the Nets roster. Let's let's predict that Simmons does play. Okay, I, I'm going to predict that he will play. All right, so that's my opinion. I I think before seasons end, we will see Ben Simmons on this roster. All right, all right, all right. So you have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons. Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton, Cameron Thomas, LaMarcus Aldridge, Joe Harris, David Duke, Bruce Brown, Goran Dragic. By the way, David Duke, pride of Providence. Nice. (laughs) Goran Dragic, James Johnson, Kessler, Edwards, and Deron. And all of those guys don't play. Right. I'll tell you, you who does. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who does. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Andre Drummond plays. Blake Griffin plays. Uh, Lamarcus Griffin's terrible. He's not even close to the player he was. Oh, Andre that's fine. Drummond. Andre Drummond is terrible. That's why he's been on four teams in four years. It's terrible. I, I don't like him. Andre Drummond, but he's not terrible. Okay, I don't like everybody knows. No, then why does nobody want him? I don't know, but he's averaging a double double, so that's not bad. It's the same reason why no one wants Boogie Cousins. But he's, he's, he's averaging close to a double double. You can't say that he's bad. Okay. He's terrific. Joe he gets, Ar- 
Joe Harris is a five good. Five rebounds and puts them back. Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic isn't good. Who, who hasn't even played like Not yet, but he will. He'll be playing for the playoffs, bud. He will right, be so on that team. You're naming a bunch of dudes that are hurt. But he's going to play. They brought him in because they want him for the oh, Dude, I'm telling you, Goran Trochik. Now go do the Celtics roster. All right, so the Celtics, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, awesome. Derek Terrific. White. Oh, everybody's awesome. awesome. Marcus Smart. Al Horford. Best defender in the league. No, Al not. Horford. Go, Marcus Smart is not the best defender in the league. You, yeah, he might be. He, is, he might be. He's not. Terrific spark plug. Terrific spark plug. Gives the Celtics all the energy. Do you actually listen to yourself talk? Do you really Have you do? even watched the Celtics game? Do you really yes, I have. Marcus games? Smart is not the best defender in the league. He's one of them. He's not. So Al Horford, yeah. Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Daniel Feist. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, Aaron, Aaron yeah, Nesmith, wonderful, wonderful. Nick Stauskas, Nesmith. Mm. Stauskas don't play. Stauskas don't play. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, that it's uh, mainly guys that don't play. Sam Hauser, Broderick Thomas, Luke Cornett, and Malik Fitz. Yeah, those bums don't play. Those guys are there just to be cones. If you the were to line. ask me right now, who has a better roster? It's the Nets when healthy. They're the better roster. Right. Who's in, who's in second? Who's in second? What? What do you mean second? Who's in second place? Who cares what their place? Oh, you know, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Who? No, Milwaukee is right now. Miami's one. Milwaukee's Celtics two. Third. Celtics are three, but only by half a game, right. not by much. And who's in twelfth? What are you talking about? Aren't the Nets in like eleventh or twelfth? Nets are eighth right now. They're Nets the are eighth. Yeah. yeah. Right, and it's not even close. It's like Celtics are beating them by what, like ten games? Yeah, no. the net, the Nets are likely to be a play-in team. Seven games. They're, they're up seven games, and the Nets have been fighting and they injury. Just body them the, the Nets are fighting for injuries right now. They're going to be they're get, trying to get healthy, and they're going to be healthy for the playoffs. Best believe they will be. And I hate the Nets. They're going to be healthy. Be. Yeah, he's right. Seven games. Celtics are forty-seven and twenty-nine right now. Nets are forty and thirty. They're going to be healthy, and when they are in a seven-game series against Boston, the Nets of Boston, mm, I'm going to bet the Nets. I, I'm going to bet them. I. I you Wow. Okay. It's a terrible bet. All right, and and if they and if Boston loses, what are you going to say then? Uh, dude, I take it every time. I'm not the one that cries. I'm not crying. I could care less who wins. I wasn't a reference to you. Oh, I I, I don't care. Who wins. See, that's how easy it is to get in your no, feelings. No, I'm not. My healing, my feelings are fine. I I'm not going to cry. I don't care. You know, honestly, I'm watching. I I watch the NBA playoffs because I think it's fun to watch. I. Uh, but I don't like these playing games. I think it's ruined the game. I think if you're, you know, if you want to wait, it right now the Nets would be in the playoffs as an eight seed. I, I feel bad for Miami, you know, because Miami be matched up with them and will probably lose in the first round because like, I, I think the Nets are going to get healthy. And I think the Nets are dangerous. I, I would not want to play them as an eight seed. Nathan says, what is Jeff smoking? LOL. Facts, Errol, and Miami Heat and Bucks have a better am, team than the what Celtics. What am I smoking? You, what am I smoking? That dude was pumping up the Brown quarterback. <laughs> oh, EJ Perry, the great EJ oh, Perry. EJ Perry is so wonderful. It's going to be terrific. Get out of here, dude. Let me guess. EJ Perry could single-handedly beat the Celtics, too. No, no, EJ Perry, if he gets drafted by the Cowboys, he'll be the greatest quarterback of all time. You guys are terrible. that is possible. You guys are terrible. (laughs) You guys are terrible. I mean, listen, Nathan has his own, you know, his own thoughts when it comes to sports. Obviously, we know that. But hilarious. You couldn't even get through that without laughing. 
No, but he he does. He has his own thoughts. I mean, yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not. You know, he he has some good takes. I'm not knocking the dude. But to say I'm smoking something because I think the, the the Celtics would body bag the Nets. Did he not see them play two weeks ago when the Celtics absolutely destroyed them? No, right now, uh, right now it would look like the Celtics would beat them. But I I, I just think. Clock, clock. Clock. They scored Clock. again? We got another one. <laughs> oh, poor Beef. He's going to go. The Beef's probably watching the show. He's like, he's probably pulling That's his right. hair out of his Whoever head. Whoever this Terry guy is, number 19. Could Terry. he buy out now? Troy Terry is a good player. Could he buy out now? Could he buy out that they're losing? I doubt it. No? He might be able to like Jeff, do other like live out? action to compensate. But... I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. I, I don't know which. Which. Uh... Vendor he's using, uh-huh. whether it's bar stool. I don't know. I don't bet. I don't bet. So I don't know if you could buy out DraftKings or FanDuel. You know, whatever. I don't know. Oh man, what a beautiful goal beating him glove side. This is terrific. What beautiful hockey. <laughs> Poor kid, man. He's gonna go. He's gonna jump off a bridge. He's like, I would have won eight hundred dollars. He's got Jeff voting against him. <laughs> now, what happens if what happens if there, there's no tie in hockey? So they have to win. No, yeah, there's no ties. Mm-hmm. That's it. They'll go to shootout, and that you know that'll happen. But yeah. it's not going to go shootout. The ducks will the ducks will keep running it up. Four one, five one win, something like that. <laughs> D- ducks with all the momentum, dude. You know what's hilarious? Dallas doesn't even know the bees bet on them. What a mistake! <laughs> he beat it. He, no, wait a second. He he picked Dallas because he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. That's why he picked him. Is that why he picks things? <laughs> it reminds him of things from Dallas. <laughs> hey, hey, hey the, the Dallas Stars have more playoff series wins and uh, one uh, one Hub City uh, Stanley Cup run than the, the Cowboys do in the 21st century. Oh, dude, if the Ducks can pot another one before this, oh, breakaway Stars missed the net. Of course. The bee pushed it aside. <laughs> the pushed it aside. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. So I've never been such a Ducks fan before in my life. Oh, this is terrific. Wow, hold on you, one second. You gotta you gotta uh, love um, the fact that Charlie Sheen's brother right now is haunting. Colts <laughs> Colts owner Jim Ursay blasts former Eagles quarterback Carlson Wentz after trade. <clears throat> I think the worst thing you can do is have a mistake and try to keep living with it going forward, Ursay said to the NFL owners meeting at Palm wow. Beach, Florida, according Indianapolis Star. For us, it was something we had to move away from as a franchise. It was very obvious. This is horrible. How could you – if you look at Carson Wentz's numbers, they weren't why don't you just Why don't you just consider the source here? He's knocking Carson Wentz. Oh, he made a mistake. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Says the guy with $100,000 worth of Oxycontin in his trunk. <laughs> he's, probably hanging up, he's probably hanging up another participation brander at a winning season with Carson Wentz. It's this just is, horrible. This is what I'm saying, though, is that, that dude is knocking someone for – say he did make a mistake. Say, say it was something, whatever. First of all, they never said anything before. That's number one. And number two, who cares if he made a mistake? What, are you proud of your heroin addiction? That you had all that Oxycontin in your trunk, you joke. Well, yeah. here's another thing. Uh, 
you're you do hard knocks, and you all you did at hard knocks, you and your coaching staff was blow up Carlson Wentz, making him seem like he's the next thing since sliced bread. And now after the season and after losing, uh, not making the playoffs after the last three games, you're all under the bus, and you practically kick him to the side. After the and season, by the way, he, he only had like seven interceptions last year. Yeah, it was his most efficient him. season. Besides, his right. would have been MVP year if he didn't get hurt. By, by the way, by the way, that was the best season uh, a quarterback has had in Indianapolis since Peyton Manning. Okay, so not true. That can't be true. Andrew true. Luck had to have had some good. Andrew Luck definitely did. Well, I no, I, I would th- say since Andrew Luck, yeah, definitely. No, well, hold on. Well, well, let's look at Andrew Luck. Let, Andrew Luck's numbers. Go go to Andrew Luck's numbers. Andrew Luck. Career. Andrew Luck. In his career. Um, 171 touchdowns, 83 interceptions, threw for 23,671 yards. No, now, no, I'm not talking about that. Now, no, if you're judging a single season. I'm looking at a single season. His 2018 season, he had 4,593 yards, 39 mm-hmm. touchdowns, 15 interceptions, okay. completed 67.3% of his passes. Okay, go to Carson yeah, Wentz. That's, that's actually, statistically, that's actually better than Carson Wentz because the ratio of touchdowns to interceptions is way better than Wentz's. And that Wences was 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions on 35, 63 yards passing, completed 62.4. Right, so, so, now extra- so now extrapolate that out for, for 12 more touchdown passes and only one interception for... Yeah, 5.2 was Wences' touchdown interception well, ratio. Well, 62%, not 67%. So fine. All right, Carlson, uh, then Andrew yeah, Luck. Yeah, 6.1 for Luck. Andrew yeah. Luck. Okay, so Andrew Luck was the last... So that was how how long ago? 2018 Five, was that season. He also had a similar season in 2014 where he had 40 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, oh. and then 4761 yards. Oh, my yards. God, what a save. <laughs> was all alone. Oh, who is that? Ruffle. Ruffle was all alone in front, and Gibson just gave him the glove. Oh, God. All right, I, I'm rooting for that now, because Gibson's my fantasy goalie, so I'll take that. Oh, dude, quack. 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 Let's go, Speedy. <laughs> the fact is, uh, you look at Carlson Wentz, for the fact that Ursay said that about a quarterback, that has been, you know, expectation. I think he did everything that he needed to do for a season. Uh, that a lot of people thought would had a terrific year for a dude that came in and mm-hmm. didn't know the offense in his first year. That's a terrific year. I would agree too. I, I don't. I don't understand why Jim Ursay hated him so much. Now he's I, high on us. No, because because over there in, in in Philadelphia they didn't like him either. So maybe there is something up with him. Yeah, that was a. I mean. That could be a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah, I, I understand, Jeff. and I Because they didn't have a problem with him when he probably would have won the MVP the year Brady. No, I, I, right, 2017. He had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions in 32, 96 games or yards in 13 games. No, but right. I'm just yeah. I'm just saying like that was a terrific season. No one was saying any of this stuff about him then. No, but even no if he won, even even if he won the MVP, I think they would have still flushed him out. I, 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 him and Peterson weren't getting along. It's and tough it, to tell because a lot of that stemmed with the Nick Foles thing too. Because Nick Foles won them the Super Bowl, they were sparking the team culture, and then he did it again in 2018. They not the Super Bowl, but they led them to the playoffs. They won that playoff game against Chicago, and a lot of the receivers and the offensive players gravitated more to Foles. So if Carson Wentz didn't get that second injury, how injury prone would he really be? Is a very interesting dilemma what they would have had. But I think a lot of it stemmed from Foles more than anything else. I think it's very interesting, and I, I think. Uh, I feel bad for Carson Wentz because now he's going to his third team and, and he's still fairly young. What is he, 27, 28? Yeah, he's 28 years old. So 
So he's still a young guy. It's just a matter of the two major injuries with him now, because one of the things that was really touted out of his draft class was he could prove he proved he could play in the league. He could play. He could play in terms of an efficiency standpoint. Step in the right direction for him this year, for sure, because he was having a lot of years where he was forcing bad throws. Now, still, he still has those kind of instincts to some extent, but it still got better with Reich's system. Now, with Washington, we'll see if he has that same kind of thing because Scott Turner's not the greatest offensive coordinator. Right, but, he's pro- but he's probably not projected to have a great year. This is his third offense in three years now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a tough thing to go through as well. You know, that's not easy to do. He's played. He has a a decent season. I would consider that a success. Yeah, well, he played in the NFC pretty much his whole career. It doesn't matter. He didn't play in that offense. He doesn't know Ron Rivera. No, I I know that. But he he understands the AFC, the NFC East, and he knows how to beat some of those teams. So, listen, man, I I don't know what's going to happen, but I I bet you Carson Wentz has another good year. And what is Jim Irsay going to say? Now, let's say. Matt Ryan, you know, he gets clobbered his second or third week. And he you remember, Matt Ryan, I think Matt Ryan's a quality quarterback. He's still a good he's a quarterback. He's a tough dude, too. He's yeah, not going right. to get hit and get hurt. He, he's been healthy his entire career, so. Well, he's also 39, going to be 40 years old. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, 38. 38. 38, yeah. Right? So that's still, yeah, I mean, that's Aaron Rodgers' age. We're not talking about that with Aaron Rodgers, are we? He's Why not, is it an issue for him? He's not. And, Aaron, and Matt Ryan played behind probably the worst offensive line in the league last year. He got smoked last year. He's not him. Aaron Rodgers, and we know that. Stop it. He's, he's talking about from a durability factor, not, yes, not necessarily. No, no, not, not talent-wise. We know he's not Aaron see, Rodgers. Right. See, Speedy, thank you for understanding context. Some of you in that studio obviously can't do that. Really? Really? Because did you did Speedy picked up on right away what I was saying? Context to what? Context to what? 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 What is yeah, Speedy the, picking the, up on? The the, the health. Speedy, Speedy likes to kiss your not, ass. That's what he likes that's to not do. True. No, no. Yeah. Actually, that's, he was saying from a durability standpoint, which Aaron Rodgers had yes. a shoulder injury in 2017. A, a Aaron Rodgers was very. Aaron Rodgers was very durable this year. So Speedy. No, shut this up. year. This year he was. But that's what we're talking he, about. He, we're talking he, about he last year. You idiots! He wasn't very durable this year. He yes. missed more time than Matt Ryan did, didn't he? No, he didn't. He missed one. No, he didn't. He missed the one game. That was it. And Matt Ryan didn't miss any. Get out of here, Jeff. Aaron Rodgers was did the Matt, MVP. Did Matt Ryan miss the game? Aaron Rodgers was the Aaron Rodgers was an MVP. Did Matt Ryan miss a game? No. Did Matt Ryan miss a game? Did Matt Ryan miss a game? Good for Matt Ryan. Good for Matt Ryan. And watch so, Matt. Ryan. And I, I, I'll tell. I'm willing to bet Matt Ryan gets hurt this year. Okay. I'm willing to bet. He gets that, hurt this bad. year. That's bad karma. That's bad karma. You can't wish injuries on people. That's I'm not wishing. I'm just. I'm making a bet. I don't think he's going to stay healthy this I year. I don't. I don't. I don't bet. I don't bet on people's health. Oh, man, that's bad here, karma. Here we go. That's bad karma. You're. I mean, you don't think dude. that that's bad karma? I. I don't want wish anything. Else. Upon him, but I don't think he's going to stay healthy the whole season. Uh, by the way, Carl, he says, "See you guys." Uh, happy birthday, Carl! Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Carl! Carl. Yes. Georgia just scored again. <laughs> oh God, you're going to do something like that. And then Nathan also you know, says, "That's the best part about this whole thing." He was arguing for Michigan being good. Do you realize in that playoff game, Georgia running backs had more touchdown passes than Michigan quarterbacks? Yeah. Uh, Nathan also says three teams still interested in the Tyron Matthew sweepstakes are the Raiders, the Colts, and the Bears per CBS Sports. And mm. multiple teams are interested in Browns quarterback Baker, Baker Mayfield. He'll go to the Colts. But mm. could be waiting for him to be released so they don't want to trade for him. That's interesting. So, But, again, if the, the Errol, Errol, what he brought up last week with the Browns maybe keeping him Pittsburgh. rather than cutting him. That's what I think, too. Don't, 
don't rule out Vegas. Uh, Tyron Matthew has a really good friend on Vegas. Who's that? Arden Key. Hmm. Well, maybe he goes to Vegas. Vegas. I mean, no, Arden Key's on the 49ers now. No, he was. Uh, isn't he with the Raiders? He was drafted by the Raiders. He's now on the 49ers. He got. He, he was with other backup pass rushers. Huh. Oh damn. Well, if he goes to the Raiders, I mean, that really boosts up the Raiders again. I mean, after adding Devontae Adams. Oh, I mean, yeah. That sure. division is just ridiculous. It's, it's just not fair. I mean, plus he has experience in the division. <laughs> who did it take? Who to try to figure out the Chiefs' offense and somebody that practiced against them? I would say. You know what's funny, though, is who would really want to go to that division now, though? Honestly. Like, let's just say you're the best player at whatever position you pick. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Linebacker, quarterback, wide receiver. I don't give a shit. Like, why would you want to go and play in a super, super hard division where you could be like, oh, shit, I can go play in the NFC East and mm-hmm. really make a difference. And no, like, no problem. I'll help my team get out of that division. Plus, you can win. You know what I mean? If you go to the NFC East, you, you have a better chance of winning. Well, yeah, it depends I mean? on what you're seeking, too. Honey Badger won a championship with the Chiefs already. He, he's, he's not going to the Bears. The Honey Badger is not going yeah, to the Bears. Yeah, I don't see him going to the he's Bears. He's not either. going to the Bears. The Colts, I think, can make a lot of sense, though, because they have a lot of secondary injuries in the past, and I can see him and fitting it's not that even kind that. Of thing. They also just traded Rocky Sin. Yeah, so I think that definitely is in, in the realm, and the Raiders obviously are with the defense, the, getting a new defense all at once. And I think he goes to the Colts. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the Colts are ready to win now. Yep. Um, I, I think I think that's where I think he would go. I, the Raiders, I yeah, he could go to the Raiders. There's no way he's going to the Bears unless the Bears give him an ultra ultra contract that he he could swim in the money. And I, maybe he takes that, being that he's already won a Super Bowl, Kansas City. But right. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe he wants one more big contract, and the Colts have the salary cap to make that kind of thing work. That's now, why I think he's going to the Colts. now. The Raiders may also they, we've seen them try to overpay for guys too in the past. Do they have the money? They don't have the money because they just gave it to Chandler Jones, but they might give it to him more as the last big contract that they have because they're maybe they're thinking, okay, this guy played in the division. Maybe he could be like an extra, like not necessarily secret weapon because he's a great player, but he still could be an incentive where they could go after that kind of thing. Now, right now the Raiders only have $6.9 million. So they're going to have to cut. Yeah. They're going to have to cut. There's no way they're getting him. I I think he goes. It's going to be very hard when the Colts, when, when the Colts have $22 million in cap space, which is currently fourth. And I could see a surprise team come out of nowhere and grab him and scoop him up. I mean, I mean, he's from New Orleans, uh, Louisiana earlier. The Saints have $22 not million. Dollars. They're, 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 I heard the Cowboys were very interested in him, too. And they have money, too, yeah, the second. Like they, like, they can get anybody. No, I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying the Cowboys, are, and they have the second. 14250000 yeah. million in salary cap. So it's still doable for them, I guess, depending on what, what kind of contract. He's going to still maybe want that one more big contract for the type of player that he is in his age. So are the Cowboys going to be that team willing to, I guess, make that the last big signing for them? I mean, this going into the season, obviously the AFC stack. But next season with the free agents that are going to be, the NFC could go back to being – a top uh, division two because all the other free agents can say, you know what, I'm going to the NFC. So it, it's not it, just because this year it's gonna the AFC is ridiculous, but next year it could be different. It, it could be a different league next year. Uh, Nathan yeah, also you, says you, it's not changing for a little while. These dudes that signed contracts and stuff. I mean, Adams ain't going anywhere for six years or five years or whatever it is. Yeah, but I don't think the, I, I don't think Devonte Adams, dude, is gonna be. What everybody thinks he's going to be, what he was over there with Green Bay. I just, I just don't. I, 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 he's got a lot of money. I know Derek Carr and him are buddies. That's great. 
Derek Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers. It's a huge. It, it, and and hear me out because I'm not yeah. advocating for the yes for the the violence and the whole thing and the killing of the girl. He's a super upgrade over what Henry Ruggs was. So I oh, mean yeah. that helps that team. Yeah, that helps that team. Yeah. You're talking about the best wide receiver in football. That's going to help that team. And it'll open up for Waller. I think Waller, this only, it only make Waller a better player because. And, and the other part of it, too, it's going to open it up for Renfro. Uh, Josh Jacobs. And Renfro, who's fantastic, too, by the way. It's turned out to be some player, man. I, I, Josh McDaniels is going to love Renfro because he's another. He's a better. You know, I think he could be a better Julian Edelman, you know? Stop it. I, I, Stop what, it. What? Stop it. In, in, what? Julian Stop Edelman what? is a three-time Super Bowl champion with his own clothing with line. With Tom JP Brady. <laughs> Go get you some. Uh, Nithin says, uh, Andy Dalton to the Saints. Yeah, pretty good contract, too. Only $3 million. Uh, where do you think Bobby Wagner goes? And let's go Dallas Cowboys. Uh, good luck with the Cowboys getting Bobby Wagner. I guess there's a shot still, but I, I'm hearing the Rams and the Broncos seem like the two most likely for him. Well, I'm looking at Hunter Redfro's like his career so far: three years, two thousand two, almost twenty three hundred yards, uh, fifteen touchdowns. I mean, that uh, right now for three years, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, I mean, he's the third option now. He's like the third option. He was the first option there, basically. No, he wasn't. He was the first Waller, was. This season he was because Waller was hurt a lot, but yeah. before that it was Waller. Right. And Jacobs right. is really the first option. It goes Jacobs. Jacobs is terrific. Yeah. He's terrific. Yeah, he is fantastic. And if he could stay healthy this year, oh, watch out for that offense. I mean. Once they get a line, if they get a line. <laughs> I still well, think. But it's, not, but it's not even that. They relied totally on him and just overfed him the ball the whole time. That's how he got hurt was overuse. And they're not going to have to rely on that anymore. The good they thing with Jacobs, too, now. is in comparison to the 2020 season where he was very streaky a lot of the time, he was steadily more consistent, too, which is definitely going to help in terms of the offensive game planning for being able to take away somebody like Devontae He's fun Adams to watch. and Hunter Renfro. He's really fun to watch, um, Jacobs. So, uh, oh, stars hit the post. <laughs> Quack. Quack. The time expired. They hit the post with, with a second and a half left. That was terrific. Quack again. Oh, I loved it. Quack. Quack again. Quack. 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 That's right. The post is your friend. <laughs> I love it. The Beef's probably sleeping right now because he's not watching. Had a breakaway it. dude backhanded it right into the cross. Beef's got to get up yeah. at five in the morning, so he's not watching this. He's going to wake up to this, man. He's not oh, there. good. I hope so. You wanna, I hope so. Why don't you, why don't you send him a quack uh, voice message? Yeah. Should I? Um, should I just? I'm going to send him duck emoji. <laughs> duck emoji. <laughs> just send a you know send a audio of quacking you know like quack quack. Yeah, get get him one of the uh, the Long Island ducks ones. The ones they have like the other whistles. So just with the with the duck bills quack quack quack. That poor kid, man. He he was so happy that he's gonna he's gonna win another parlay tonight. I mean, he only put twenty dollars. Not anymore. He, Not anymore. Well, Not on John Gibson's watch. I saw I saw you put up the ducks. He sent ducks on the. The group message. <laughs> He's not going to look at it till tomorrow, so you're wasting your time. That's fine. Quack. Quack. He just wants to make sure Let's the message go. is a, across. If they win, man, if they win, he's going to 
he's going to wake up. He's probably going to strip and, and, and streak around his block. So <laughs> that, They're not going to win. This game's already over. Really? As soon as, so. as Beav hit send on that bet, it was a wrap for Dallas. <laughs> and he should know better. He's used to watching teams from Dallas lose. That's a terrible bet. <laughs> so, so Dallas lose. Yeah, uh, several Chargers. And, and now play. that we have the Commanders, Dallas is the last team in the league without a logo. <laughs> yeah, so several Chargers players have also actively been recruiting Honey Badger as well. Well, maybe to steal him from the Raiders, maybe to keep him away from the Chiefs, but I don't know if the Chiefs will get him back. That's not going to happen. They have Derwin James at safety. Let's be reasonable. The Chargers, there's no way the Chargers are going to get him. There's no that that's not fair. It, it, if he goes over there to the Chargers, that's like not fair. That's like like the, you're you're talking about one of the greatest defenses put together of all time. You know you know whose feelings have to be really hurt though. Honestly, not even not even like a joke or kidding, dude. When when they pay Mike Williams and Keenan Allen is sitting there without a contract and they're handing out money to all the defensive players, Keenan Allen is probably he's as good as gone. Yeah, he's fantastic. But Keenan Allen's probably as good as gone when that when yeah he's a free he's agent at the end of this up. year so we'll have to see if they, he either stays to maybe win a championship or because they're gonna because in in the not too distant future they're gonna have to pay Justin Herbert too right how old is Keenan Allen I think he's thirty oh so he's got some football left no he's still been a steadily good player but he is on the older side where... Hall of Famer by the way. Uh, he uh, yeah, twenty nine right now. So he'll be still not better than he'll TV. be thirty. He'll be thirty in in April. So yeah. No, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think Keenan Allen's a Hall of Famer. So yeah, he's he still is going to have one more good contract. So it's just a matter of what his priorities are going to be because he's been a steadily uh, not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he I, I don't know about Hall not of Famer. Hall he of Famer. if he has maybe three more years, he might get up there because he's been consistently good in his uh, career. He's not a Hall of Famer. But yeah, he'll need a little a couple more like elite years to get to the Hall of Famer. He I needs say. and, and, I, four and more I don't know years. about another right. good contract. They don't pay dudes on the wrong side of thirty. Well, I don't know. They gave, I don't know. Hold what, on, they gave up. Uh, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Adams just—he's twenty-nine. He got a big contract, you right? Know? But so, so the first year that he's going to play is his year, uh, age thirty-one season. Thirty—that's not going to bode well. His first. No, con- I thought you said he's already thirty. No, no. Keenan Allen is turning thirty in April, so he's he'll be thirty at the end of season. April twenty-seventh, two season. days before my birthday. Yep. Yeah. So he'll be, yeah, this is going to be his 30 year old season. And then when he's a free agent, that'll be his 31, his 31 season. Yeah. He'll be so 31. Yeah. It'll be a question of what he wants in terms of does he want to stay on the Chargers to take less to win a championship if that team is still loaded, which it is right now? And, or does he want one more big payday from another team that might make him the number one? Oh, there'll receiver, be teams or, lining up for him. Right. No, no, I believe it too. It just depends on what his priorities are and also depends on this season. He's if, a good if, player. He has good hands. He doesn't drop the ball. Either. Right. So he, he, he's a player that he'd fit a lot of molds, especially if San Francisco lose Debo Debo Samuel, Samuels, yeah. if, if somebody, because they're not going to pay him. So that means they're going to probably trade him. And I, I, maybe there is some truth that the Jets are interested in Debo Samuels. I am not trading. And I say, I'll say it again. I'm not giving away pro- – and I, I know what you're going to say, Jeff. You don't know what those prospects, prospects are going to be. But we all do know that in four years, if Zach Wilson is the guy, you're going to have to pay him. So you 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 draft and you build around he's the draft. A, yeah, he's a quarterback. Of course, you're yeah, have to play. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So if he is the but guy, the, the future. But the future. This is why I think Derek Carr is going to succeed. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's either going to be Chargers or Raiders. I, I mean, it can't be the Chiefs. Like, look at look at the teams. Look at what's happening to these teams that have given 
quarterbacks, large contracts, Aaron Rodgers, everyone had to go. You could only have the quarterback and that's not going to work, right? Like uh, Patrick Mahomes, everyone had to go. Dak Prescott, everyone had to go. Like the teams that are overpaying like quarterbacks, like the wave of the future is going to be to find a quarterback that's content. And God forbid I'm saying this out loud because it's fucking crazy. A quarterback that's willing to settle for $30 million a year is going to be successful. Yeah, that's crazy to think. Uh, Nathan right. also but says, that, but, but that's what it is though. Look at all the people that have paid quarterbacks. What's happening to their teams. Mm. Nathan says, where do you think Julio Jones goes? A championship competitive dumpster. team, a championship to competitive team. Um, Green Bay. I hope he goes to Dallas. Green Bay. <laughs> I think Dallas. he goes to Green Bay. Either him or Jarvis Landry goes to Green Bay. Mm. That's what I think. He's he done. It doesn't matter. No one wants him. I, I don't know about that because you got to remember he was a good, very good playoff. Receiver, you put so. him with Aaron Rodgers. He's not done. I think as I think he's lost speed with all the injuries that he's had, the, but he's still going to be a good possession receiver and playoff playoff receiver for two. You're for hitting two. the nail on the head, Speedy. It's not going to matter who the quarterback is. The injuries have piled up so bad on him, he won't even really play. It'll be a game here, a game. Remember, what, dude, this is all we said last year. When Julio Jones went to Tennessee, we were like, wow, Tannehill's going to have a good year. How'd that turn out? No, no, but I think also. Tannehill didn't have a bad year. And Julio Jones wasn't a part of it. No, but Ryan Tannehill didn't have a bad year. Ryan Tannehill had a, a solid year considering the circumstances. No, but we were pumping up the Titans like they were going to be some yeah, offensive yeah, juggernaut. Right. Right, but, Almost like, had a we 4,000-yard 4, year. Right, but we were pumping them up like they were going to be some offensive juggernaut because Julio Jones was there. And, oh, throw him in with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. It's going to be great. A.J. Brown was no. hurt this year. I right. mean, they had a lot of Julio things. was hurt way more than A.J. Brown. Then they lost Derrick Henry. Yeah. I mean, they lost how many a lot games of did, How many games did Julio Jones play in? I would be shocked if it were six. No, I, I, think it, I think it was six. <laughs> Something about that. I don't know how many games he played. Uh, oh, no, he played more. No, he played more. He played 10. So, but you're right. He probably played like half of those games for some of them, too, I would imagine, too. Like he played. Yeah, it was like he might have been listed was, as active, but he didn't play a big role. He like got a snap count. He was count, barely so. there. He was barely there. Which is crazy. So he's, not, uh, he's only so like not 30. not going to matter where he goes because he's, he's going to get hurt. No, Julio Jones is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I. Oh, Listen, sure. I, I'm not. I'm not knocking. His I, if you look at his numbers, I mean, Allen is not far. I mean, he, if Allen has three more good years, he's right. He's that, right it depends on the longevity because Keenan Allen had a couple outside of his rookie year. Where I thought he should have won Rookie of the Year that year. Uh, he had a couple not thousand yard seasons. He had one year where he got hurt right in the beginning of the season too. But after that, from 2017 on, he's been one of the most steadily consistent wide receivers in the league. So if he has maybe three more years like that, I think he'll get it in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, the voters are very tricky to judge, too, but he should, at least at that point. If he has kind of three, even if they're not, like, number one type receiver, if he has, like, solid thousand-yard seasons, I think he'll get it. I don't know how Reggie Wayne didn't get voted, inducted into the Hall of Fame this year as a first-ballot Hall of Famer, because he should have. He will. He'll get in. No, but he's a first-ballot Hall of Famer, I thought. You know? I I really thought he was. I think this year they were trying to just give it more to a lot of those, like— Overdue candidates for a lot of those older guys. Reggie that were on the Wayne had for a, a while. Reggie Wayne had eighty two has eighty two touchdowns at fourteen thousand right. yards. He has more touchdowns, more yards than Julio Jones. It's crazy to say because Julio Jones was one of the best wide receivers of this era. Right, and he's better. He's better. He's way better than um, Julio Jones. Yeah, 
and he should be in the Hall of Fame, like a first ballot Hall of Fame. I mean, Marvin ha- Marvin Harrison, right? Yes, Marvin Harrison was his counterpart for a while. Not he, related to Tyler Harrison. No, no, no. no, no thank <laughs> yes. God. Thank yeah. um, God. <laughs> Marvin Harrison. No, his family has talent. Marvin Harrison's numbers are ridiculous. Yeah, he has over 100 touchdowns in his career. 128? 128, yeah. 14,000. By the way, Marvin Harrison's kid is going gonna, is gonna to absolutely be the thing of Carl's nightmares. Because I think his kid's at Ohio State and his kid is really good. <laughs> he's gonna have, uh, what position two... does he play? Wide receiver? Yeah. So he's going to have 240 yards and, a, and two touchdowns in their <clears throat> beatdown of Michigan. He... Oh, it's going to be beautiful. I, I don't even. I didn't even know Marvin Harrison had a son that play, is is going to oh, yeah. college ball. College ball. I didn't even know that. What's his name? Marvin Harrison Jr. Is it? Big stretch, isn't it? Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're absolutely right, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, Nithid also says Jabril Peppers to the Patriots. Yes, he's not a one-year right. deal. That's right. We needed a punt returner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of forget. Kind of forget he was after a while. He'll have he a, he'll like have that. a good season because uh, you know um, secondary players always benefit under Bill Belichick. So I think he'll yeah, have but it's a... not even just that. He's not even really probably going to even play all that much. You know, that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, but you know, so. but secondary players always play better, you know, under him. I think I think I, I think he'll benefit being under, you know, Bill Belichick. I really it's do. Entirely possible it could happen, but I think he's probably just going to mainly be a punt returner. We'll see, because uh, it's all about health and and and, and their secondary health. Because he, he, they they can maneuver and and put. Devin McCourty at, at corner if they if need be and, and put him. That's not going to happen. He's too old and too slow to be corner. He's a good safety. No, I'm just saying that, uh, with 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 we've seen the Patriots do crazy things. What do you think it's more likely for Duggar to be a corner if they maneuver him around or Maybe. they put him at safety in certain? No, Duggar is so. Duggar, uh, Duggar is the future at. Uh, uh, the future McCourty. That's the position that they brought him in. No, I, do, I know. I, I'm right? I'm, I'm not have, denying that. Yeah, Jeff. Sorry, but, but they have other they have other pieces to to for those roles, right? They uh, everyone's forgetting they they got Sean Wade from Baltimore. Yes, preseason last year, mm-hmm. right? Baltimore, right? So so they went and got Sean Wade, which was a good move, and they also uh, just brought back Malcolm Butler. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, that's right. Listen, I'm not listen. I'm not a huge proponent of the Malcolm Butler thing, and I'm not going to say that it's going to be very good, but. For whatever reason, It'll work. people play better. It'll work. People play better. You know, P- Patriots players, whatever, play better with the Patriots. Oh yeah, it, it'll work because it, it, it he fits the scheme. It'll work. He'll he'll, he'll have another good year of like freaking. Now that J.C. Jackson's gone, he has seven interceptions this year. You watch, that Butler will have one of those years. You'll be like, where the hell did this guy come from? I mean. He was what working at a McDonald's, and now he's back again. And he's, he's yeah, he's on the Cardinals Popeyes. practice squad or whatever. It was what was he year. doing, Jeff? No, he when the Patriots got him, he was working working the drive through at Popeyes, yeah. and then he played for the Patriots. He, he got the try and played for the Patriots, and then he got that huge contract from Tennessee. And then he uh, after that contract, he went to Arizona, and uh, he wasn't a practice squad guy. He was only on the uh, practice squad because. He was thinking about retiring, so he left the Cardinals last year, and now okay. he wants to come back. So, uh-huh. I, I think it's a good move by the Patriots. I, I, I'm, I of course, it is. The Patriots are, are are the real deal, bro. Uh, we ain't the Jets. 
There he goes again, bringing up the Jets. I mean, right, we spent the past, past hour bashing the Cowboys. So. You know, bringing <laughs> like, up the Jets. And, and the Dallas Stars. Oh, he's bringing up the Dallas Stars. Because oh, yeah, that, that third period's about to start. This is going to be great. Oh, God. <laughs> Leave it up to Jeff. But anyways, Jeff, thank you for calling. If you're not pumped up for this third period, I don't know what gets I'm you sure you're going to call be... me if that happens. Let me tell That's, you. This is going to be the greatest third period in the history of sports. Thank you, Jeff. All right. See you later, boys. See you, Jeff. Well, we're going to end the show a little early. I'm a little tired. Uh, great show, by the way. Um, thank you to Mac Musico for joining us at 9 o'clock. Uh, and uh, all 22 premium uh, fantasy football, Ray, Rado, uh, Ray Cotto, for joining us as well. Uh, we'll be back Thursday. Who do we have, Speedy? So uh, 9 o'clock, right at the start of the show, we will have uh, NFL college football and fantasy football analyst for Rotoviz, Travis May. And then returning to the show, not sure what time yet, but he is joining us. He joined us back in 2020. Falcons, Titans, and Eagles former safety Antoine Harris. It was a fantastic interview that we had yes, two years ago. Us, yeah. uh, has his own sneaker brand as well. Fantastic guy. A lot of great stories in that interview, and he's coming back on again. Time still to be determined. Speedy wants to make love to him. Right? I'm sure Antoine. Do you want to make love with him? I'm sure Antoine Harris. Has Maybe that you already. and Snug could double team on. Him. Oh God! What do you think? I don't think Antoine Harris is going to want you Snug, and, Snug. and me to double I team. I mean, on the him. bearded, you know, the bearded cupcake. Okay. The bearded cupcake. The bearded cupcake and Speedy and maybe Nathan. They had a trio. Oh God! Could you imagine that three? I mean, <laughs> I can't even imagine it. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, Snug, and you. Oh God. A trio survivor series. <laughs> Antoine deserves a lot more if he survives that. <laughs> uh, he'll be all cupcake out. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Until then, this is Errol Marks and Speedy Beatty saying good night, and we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.